Hello and welcome to the Rank Kings the podcast that answers the age old question. What are our favorite coming of age movies? I'm Danny Weiser. With me as always is my co-host and Lady Bird McPherson to my Joe March. It's time again. Ty, what's up, dude? What's up? I'm ready to talk probably one of our biggest genres that we talk about in movies yeah it's sort of shocking we haven't done this episode already because we it's one of our favorite shared genres in movies we talk about it often this when i was making my list i legitimately was like 50 movies deep at one point before i tried to like whittle it down to my top 10 so like I could do like twelve parts to this episode yeah. and and not run out of movies. I love coming of age movies, so I don't I don't know how we made it this long without doing this episode. Yeah, well, it's such a broad. I mean, it's kind of like we we recently recorded a episode that's coming out later this summer. Um, but I mean, it's it's such a broad genre that you kind of have yeah. to like just narrow it down. Otherwise, it's like every movie is coming of age. Yeah, speaking of, what rules did you give yourself, guideline, definitions, or whatever, to kind of narrow down your list? So the main character has to be coming of age. Um, it can't. The adult cannot be the main character. Um, it also has to be like a true coming of age movie. Um, for instance, like, it hurt me, but I couldn't put any of the Spider-Man movies in my top ten because that is a superhero movie before it's a coming of age movie, even though coming of age is a theme in that um same with harry potter that's a fantasy movie before coming of age movie um i guess you can consider lord of the rings since hobbits live like three thousand years um you can consider yeah, that frodo was like 50 <laughs> frodo's like 50 in lord of the rings so. which is like super young um <laughs> for a hobbit but um but yeah it's if if it's not the main theme then i didn't count it as coming of age then it's just another movie with a coming of age subplot Gotcha. I had, I have a little bit broader definition, I guess, but looking at my list, I also like, I don't have any that where an adult is the main character. All mine also feature like young adults kind of becoming adults, Yeah. Uh, which when I'm looking at my top 10 list. Um, but I also didn't like actively exclude ones with that, like, like focused on somebody other than just the main character you know what i mean that just happened to be where my list lies. we all know you have the twilight movies on there okay you don't have to preface it okay no one's gonna be (laughs) bad okay spoilers for my number one two and three i guess but uh, i think there's uh um, five (laughs) yeah but two of them suck uh (laughs) i also i didn't include any animated movies on my top 10 because there are a billion animated movies that i love that are coming of age movies i also didn't have i didn't even make that a rule but i also did not have any animated movies Uh, i made it a rule on mine because otherwise it would have been like mostly pixar i think and i didn't yeah to do that for my list i think with those like those coming of age movies because they're so young are never like like who are the oldest kids in Pixar. like moana's moana's like a teenager for yeah in, in her coming of age movie. that's like the because only Mo- moana very much coming of age movie coco i guess he he's not like a little little kid but he's not like an older teenager becoming an adult but that's very much a coming of age movie i think yeah but elementary to middle school i don't really consider that coming of age like when I think coming of age, I just think growing up. I think transitioning yeah. from one part of your life to another. And so it doesn't necessarily have to mean 
becoming an adult. It's just growing up. I think, uh, and you can do that going from sixth grade to seventh grade or whatever if you experience something that kind of forces you to grow up. I think the only Pixar slash Disney movies you could really do that with are is. Well, if, am I treading on honorable mention territory for you right now? No, you okay. I, you don't like two of my honorable mentions, and you do like one of them, but you're not about to talk about it because it's not Disney. Yeah, I I think, you know, uh, like Moana and uh, Inside Out are probably the only, like, true, mm-hmm. or Turning Red also, the only true, like, coming of age Pixar movies, maybe... Oh, How to Train Your Dragon isn't Pixar. No, but that's another one that like but would that's have been more, on my list if I had included animated. That's like I don't even consider that coming of age. That that's more of like an adventure action oh, adventure that is movie. Super coming. I mean, it is an action adventure movie. It's also super a coming. Yeah, of age movie. I just consider it. Yeah, I think it's adventure before coming of age. But um, yeah, yeah. Either way, I also uh, after the fact uh, am justifying my lack of the sandlot on my list was saying no sports movies because <laughs> i realized that I, I i said this in the discord i try not to just go to my letterbox whenever we make lists for movie episodes because then i would have the exact same movies on every single list which i already sort of do and it's that's going to be evident here i already kind of just cycle through the same movies that i love because i haven't seen nearly as many as you um but especially so if i were to just go off like my five star letterbox movies and so this one i googled popular coming of age movies and found like imdb lists with 150 listed or whatever uh the sandlot wasn't on any of the lists that i saw even though it's like one of the most coming of age movies ever. It's one of my favorite movies. It's in my top four on Letterboxd. So let's pretend I also had a no sports movies rule. <laughs> so yeah. I could feel better about it. Yeah, sports movies are hard because usually the main character is the coach. Um like remember the Sometimes. Titans. Like yes, that there's a subplot coming of age in that, but it's really about the coach. I man, I think if I didn't if I were willing to include sports movies Remember the Titans very much would count because not only is every single player coming of age, like that town is growing. The entire town is growing and becoming more mature. Um, and so it's hard to, it's hard to. Well, like, that's not coming of age. That's just like movies about people changing for the not? best. Well, cause if you're including. Is that not what coming of age is? If, no, if you're including the whole town, adults are not coming. There's never an adult coming of age movie. They've aged out of coming of age. I don't think so. I think yes, it's coming of age dude. is just like maturing and becoming better and learning. No. And growing no. as a person. You have a, I don't no. think it's just getting older. No, I know. But like there, there's no like adult coming. Like what? What are you talking yeah. about? I think it's a thing. It's like Gran Torino is a coming of age movie. I don't remember anything about Gran it's Torino. Clint Eastwood becomes oh, not racist, but he's old. I yeah. No, there's definitely an age limit to coming of age. We can talk about it in the Discord. I think most people would agree with me on this one. Well, you think that about everything because you're a narcissist. I would bet money most people agree with me on this one. Maybe true, and that's okay. Uh, It doesn't affect my list for this episode. It's just kind of an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, Either way, though, uh, it doesn't really matter. I think let's just get into it. Your list A, uh, if you want to get to your honorable mentions. Yeah, my honorable mentions are my three favorite Spider-Man movies. No particular order. They, I all love them equally. Um, 
but subplot of every Spider-Man any content is coming of age, but it's just not the main plot point because it's a superhero movie. Uh, so first up, Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004, directed by um, famous uh, for love of the game director Sam Raimi. Um, <laughs> Peter Parker's going through a major identity crisis, burned out from being Spider-Man. He decides to shelve his superhero alter ego which leaves the city suffering in the wake of carnage left by the evil Doc Ock. In the meantime, Parker still can't act on his feelings for Mary Jane Watson, a girl he's loved since childhood. Um, starring Kobe Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Alfred Molina, the best Spider-Man villain, uh, Rosemary okay. Harris, J.K. Simmons, uh, one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Um, this... <laughs> It's hard to see the coming of age in this because Tobey Maguire, who's like 35, is playing an 18-year-old. Um, <laughs> but it is a coming of age movie. Um, next one up is Spider-Man No well, Speaking of Speaking yeah. of Sam Raimi, sorry to, sorry to cut you off. I watched For Love of the Game this past weekend for the first time in a really long time. Yeah. The love story in that movie sucks. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. The, the, love, the love story aspect, which is half the movie. Yeah. The baseball part of that movie is incredible, and I'd put it up there with just about any baseball movie, Yeah, I think. I love the baseball stuff in the movie. The other half of that movie, the, like, him as a person – uh, and him like falling in and out of love with Kelly Preston's character—it's genuinely bad. Yeah, he comes no. across as just like a really awful dude, uh, and like you're supposed to like root for this guy and like him and like relate to him. He sucks. He's just good at baseball. Yeah. So uh, I still gave it four stars because the baseball was that good. But man, if the love story half of that movie was even like okay, it's such an easy five star movie for me. But God, it was painful. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, okay, my second Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man No Way Home. Came out in 2021, directed by John Watts. Peter Parker is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from the high stakes of being a superhero. When he asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Um, obviously, great movie. Uh, Kev, mm -hmm. just don't even talk about this. I don't want any messages in the mm -hmm. Discord. This Discord this is a five-star movie. Whether you like it or not, uh, I freaking love love Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and then, obviously, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out in 2018, mm -hmm. directed by Rodney Rothman, uh, Peter Ramsey, um, and uh, Bob Persichetti. Per per uh, Miles Morales is juggling his life between being a high school student and being Spider-Man when Wilson Kingpin Fisk uses Super Collider. Others from across the Spider-Verse are transported to this dimension. Greatest animated movie of all time. Also coming of age movie, but mm. it's it's a Spider-Man movie. Um, but yeah, that's my honorable mentions. Yep. Really just the, my honorable mention really is just the Peter Parker storyline in every movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a great one. Uh, okay, my honorable mentions, uh, you, you may want to do that thing where you just kind of tune out while I talk because I know that you don't like uh, a couple of these. Um, my honorable mentions theme is Japanese animation movies. Uh, movies that I love, I think okay. about three. Stars I know on one. Them. I know one that you know all of them. I'm not gonna you know like. Them, I, I don't know what the other one that I'm not gonna like. This is introduced because I usually like same, Japanese animated movies. Same director, so that's why you don't like them. Uh, my first one's Weathering with You, which you have. A, you have a three stars on Letterboxd. It's the same oh. director as your name, same art style. You just. I think your Letterboxd reviews. I think I remember them or something like. Looks great. Don't care about the story. Or something. Oh yeah, okay. Is this the one uh, yeah. you made us watch for 
No, we did your name for oh, that's you right. watch a movie. That's right. And you like that one less, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not um, like your name. This was this was yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Weathering with You 2019, directed by Makoto Shinkai. A uh, high school student, Hodaka, leaves his home on an isolated island and moves to Tokyo, but he immediately becomes broke. He lives his days in isolation, but finally finds a job as a writer for a shady occult magazine. After he starts his job, the weather has been rainy at, uh, day after day. In a corner of the crowded and busy city, Hodaka meets a young woman named Hina. Due to certain circumstances, Hina and her younger brother live together, but have a cheerful and sturdy life. Hina also has certain power, uh, the power to stop the rain and clear the sky. Has a 3.6 on Letterboxd. Um, starring, sorry in advance uh, for, for the Japanese pronunciations that I butcher every time we do this, uh, Kataro Daigo, Nanamori, and Subasa Honda. Um, this movie is stunning. Um, Animation-wise, it's it's one of the best-looking animated movies I think I've ever seen. Um, it's very much a coming-of-age story uh, about the two main characters, the kind of the young man, young woman, kind of high school student age, uh, dealing with adversity and learning to grow up kind of on their own and how, how hard growing up is. But yeah, this movie is, is beautiful. I love this director. Makes me weep every single time. Great movie. Uh, my next one is a movie that you like uh, from a director that we love. It's Kiki's Delivery Service from Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Uh, 1989, a young witch on her mandatory year of independent life finds fitting into a new community difficult while she supports herself by running an air courier service. Uh, stars Minami Takayama, Rei Sakuma, and Kape Yamaguchi. Has a 4.1 on Letterboxd. Uh, this, one of my favorite Miyazaki movies. We did that Miyazaki Ghibli episode uh, a long time ago, and this was really high up there for me. Um, this is the best of his coming of age movies, I think, and he has a few. Um, what's the? Why is it slipping away? The his most famous one, Spirited, Spirited Away. Spirit Spirited Away, very much a coming of age movie. He has a few more. Um, this is my favorite, and this is very much like coming of age is the main uh theme and genre of this movie um love the animation love miyazaki storytelling uh fantastic movie uh, and then my last one of course is your name from 2016 directed by makoto shinkai uh, high schoolers mitsuha and taki are complete strangers living separate lives but one night they suddenly switch places mitsuha wakes up in taki's body and he and hers this bizarre occurrence continues to happen randomly and the two must adjust their lives around each other Stars Ryunosuke Kamaki, Mone Kamishiraishi, and Ryo Narita uh, has a 4.2 on Letterboxd. Another movie, kind of Makoto Shinkai's MO, is stunning. Uh, high school characters that are going through something difficult and trying to come out on the other side of it um, and dealing with adversity and growing up and becoming better people and making me cry along the way. So, great movie. It's an okay movie. Um sure. Some weird, weird scenes when the boys and the girls' body. That's just does not age well. Yeah. Um, okay, my number ten is uh, from a director you love. It's uh, Rushmore, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Came out in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, when a, a beautiful first grade teacher arrives at a prep school, she soon attracts the attention of an ambitious teenager named Max, who quickly falls in love with her. Max turns to the father of two of, two of his schoolmates for advice on how to woo the teacher. However, the situation soon gets complicated when Max's new friend, new friend becomes involved with their settling the, wait, setting the two pals against one another in a war for attention. Uh, starring Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, Olivia Williams, 
Um, Brian Cox. Wow, I forgot Brian Cox was in this. Um, <laughs> and then a whole bunch of Wes Anderson um, actors. But yeah, I love this. It's kind of like the opposite of, um, I don't know if he becomes a better person. Um, it's kind of up to you to decide. Um, this will come into play into a future episode that we have planned uh, for the summer. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I, I love this. It's hilarious. It's kind of like everything that could go wrong with coming of age kind of goes wrong in this movie. And it's Jason Schwartzman is just so good at playing the smarmy, like annoying mm-hmm. uh, school kid, but it's incredibly hilarious. And Bill Murray obviously is, is hilarious in this too. Um, filmed in Houston, Texas, um, which is another plus why, why, why it makes my list. I'm like, I'm 90% sure I've seen it, but I don't fully, it's been long enough that I don't fully remember if I have, but enough of it seems familiar with me that I think I, I, I think I have, I think out of, I think you would remember this cause this is like one of the most normal Wes Anderson movies. So I feel like you would yeah. have liked this more than any of the other ones. Maybe. So I, I also feel like when I watched this, I, I, I watched it way early on when I didn't even really know who Wes Anderson was. This was just like a movie that I happened to come on TNT one afternoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So weird movie way, to come on TNT, but props to know. TNT. It, on, I might've also just lied. Who knows? Goes, There's no way to know. It goes right from, uh, the Charles Barkley Shaq show into Rushmore. I mean, <laughs> perfect one-two punch right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, my number 10, uh, one of my favorite comedies, one of uh, kind of a perfect comedy, I think. Uh, it's 2004's Mean Girls, oh, nice. directed by Mark Waters. Katie Heron is a hit with the plastics, the A-list girl, cl- or A-list girl click at her new school until she makes the mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic, Regina George. It's a 3.9 on Letterboxd. Stars Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Lisa Chabert, Amanda Seyfried. Um, incredibly funny, like kind of perfectly funny. Um, it's one of the more quotable comedies from when we were growing up from the early to mid-2000s, I think very much a coming of age story uh Lindsay lohan's character katie heron new school new environment trying to figure out who she is and who she belongs with um just it, it told in an incredibly funny funny way so easy call for me love mean girls there's i don't i don't know if i want to say it because i don't know if it's on your list there's okay. another movie that's like the same type of movie that is that i would have chosen above mean girls Okay. Starring, um, um, oh my gosh, uh, Emma Stone. Not on my list because easy. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, yeah easy, easy A. If I was going to, if I would rather, I mean, both, I have them both rated at four stars. I would have yeah. gone easy A over Mean Girls. I prefer Mean Girls, but not by a lot. Maybe some some of my favorite fictional parents in easy A. Oh, yeah. Stanley for, Tucci. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So good. Yeah. Um, okay, my number nine, a classic, The Breakfast Club. Came out in 1985, directed by John Hughes. Five desperate high school students meet in Saturday detention and discover they have a lot more in common than they thought. Starring the Brat Pack, uh, Emilio Estes, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, John Capellos, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy. Wow, Molly Ringwald is really far down on this cast list. Yeah, weirdly down. That's crazy. Um, 
but yeah, I I love this movie. John Hughes, like if you're gonna talk about coming of age movies, you kind of have to talk about John Hughes. I have another one of his movies coming up later, um, but this is probably his most famous movie. Is probably the most famous coming of age movie out there. Like I think if you just went on the street and like Billy on the street and was like name a coming of age movie, I think most people would say this, and rightfully so. This is this is a perfect movie. I love this movie so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Great call. Uh, okay. My number nine is a classic. Danny talks about this movie, recommends this movie too much, uh, squeezes it on every list that he could possibly squeeze it on. Uh, it's 2016's Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, nice. Directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, Ricky is a defiant young city kid who finds himself on the run with his cantankerous foster uncle in the wild New Zealand bush. A national manhunt ensues, and the two are forced to put aside their differences and work together to survive. Has a 4.0 on Letterboxd. Star Sam Neill, Julian Dennison, Rima Tawiata. New Zealand names are hard to say. Um, this movie rules. We did a Wisswam episode on it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's my favorite Taika Waititi movie. Um, I think Julian Dennison and Sam Neill are so incredibly funny together and have kind of shockingly good chemistry in this movie. Um, I love the story of Julian Dennison just wanting to be a punk troublemaker kid and just ending up with this like old man who's this big like grump and doesn't really seem like he wants him there and they end up just bonding and becoming a real kind of father and son and it's so funny and it's so witty and sweet and charming and it's i love this movie so so much yeah that's a great movie great song too ricky baker birthday song fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah ricky baker birthday song is really funny ricky just writing poetry in this uh, throughout this entire oh, yeah. movie the He's haikus like, writing haikus yeah. yeah he writes haikus through the whole movie is so so funny him just really desperate to just pretend like he's a punk or like a gangster is so funny um there's also so many like charming trees birds river sky running with my uncle heck living forever like so many just sweet moments that kind of make you tear up it's so good they sam neil should have just made a career on i'm gonna make movies where i'm outside and like sweaty yeah Cause like he looks so at like in the right place. Yeah, in this movie, like Jurassic Park and this, it's like yeah, this fits. <laughs> like yeah, just outside <laughs> yeah, and kind of yeah, a grumpy exactly. guy who doesn't like kids. That's like his mo. <laughs> <laughs> it's his whole thing, and he's very good at it. Um, okay, my number eight. This was uh, I caught this because uh, Brian Gill uh, suggested it. It's the way way back. Um, yeah. came out in 2013, directed by Nat uh, Faxon and Jim Rash. Um, over the course of his summer break, a teenager comes into his own, thanks in part to the friendship he strikes up with one of the park's managers. Um, there's This is probably the only this type of coming-of-age movie on my list, because there's a million of them. They come out every year. This type of movie, this is your classic, like, it is only a coming-of-age movie. This, that's what it's about. You know, movies like you know, me, Earl and the dying girl and, and, you know, other movies like this, but this is like the definitive best of the, of the group. This is like, since 2000, this is probably the best, this kind of movie, um, like low budget coming of age, like not trying to be like awards grabby or anything like that. Um, but starring Liam James, Steve Carell, who plays a great, just douchebag in this, um, Tony Collette, Sam Rockwell has to be his best role, right? 
Like this has to be Sam Rockwell's best role. Yeah, it's a it's it's if not his best role, it's maybe my favorite of his. Yeah. I mean he's got a lot of really great roles, but this is he's very, very good in this. And like a d- kind of different type of Sam Rockwell than I feel like we see a lot. Yeah. Um Allison Janey, Maya Rudolph, um, Amanda Pete. Uh this movie's fantastic. I think everybody, if you haven't seen this, um, you need to go see it. Um it's or go see it. You need to to watch it. It's it's amazing. Um it's really good, really sweet, really heartwarming, um, classic. Um Jim Rash who directed it, he's uh the, uh, the dean and community. The dean and community, and that. Fact- I didn't know he directed this. I knew he had like a. I knew he was in this movie and had a part in it. I didn't know he's one of the directors. Yeah. Rules. And then Nat Faxton. Um, people know this guy. He's just that one comedian with. He always has big teeth. Just got big <laughs> teeth. I mean, you've seen him before. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's great. It's you know very heartwarming movie about a kid growing up and and trying to decide who he is. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking up the. Oh Matt yeah, Faxon. you're right. He's yeah. he's the dude with. <laughs> he's very much of that guy actor. We missed yeah. him in our that guy episode. I think he's like the poor man's. Um... Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah, Will Arnett. That's exactly yep. who he yep. is. <laughs> Same page. Yeah. Uh, okay, my my number eight. Uh, another movie that I've talked about probably more than uh, most people and more than I should have. Uh, it's The Edge of Seventeen. I thought you were about to say the edge of tomorrow, and I was going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, can you? <laughs> oh, that would have been an incredible bit. Uh, no, The Edge of 17, 2016, directed by C- Kelly Freeman Craig. Uh, two high school girls are best friends until one dates the other's older brother, who's totally his sister's nemesis. Uh, as the 3.6 on Letterboxd stars Haley Steinfeld, Haley Richardson, Blake Jenner, Woody Harrelson. Um, my favorite thing that Haley Steinfeld's ever done, she's so good in this like this is kind of the perfect role for her um i think this movie is so funny and so charming and so sweet it's kind of like a ladybird light like a like a sort of like less good more toned down version of ladybird but it's very much like similar vibes of this girl who is just kind of angry at the world for like honestly probably pretty small reasons that seem like massive reasons to her you know what i mean yeah um Haley Steinfeld's great in this. I think it's so funny. I really, really, really love this movie, but it's a great coming of age movie. One of my favorites. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, my number seven. Another appearance from Wes Anderson here. Um, going Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, came out in 2012. Yeah. Uh, set on an island off the coast of New England in the summer of 1965. Moonrise Kingdom tells the story of two 12 year olds who fall in love, make a secret pact, and run away together into the wilderness. As various authorities try to hunt them down, a violent storm is brewing offshore, and the peaceful island community is turned upside down in more ways than anyone can handle. Um, starring Jared Gillum, Kara uh, Hayward, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, Bruce Willis, Tilda Swinton, Jason Schwartzman, Bob Ballad- Balaban, Harvey Keitel, Lucas Hedges makes an appearance in this. I think he gets his eye mm-hmm. stabbed out, um, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is, um, one of my favorite Wes Anderson's. This is always in my top three when I went rank, uh, Wes Anderson movies. Um, I love Moonrise Kingdom. I think it's a fantastic love story. I think, um, it is very Wes Anderson, Anderson E, but the love story is very Mm -hmm. grounded. Um, very easy to, um, 
for anyone to kind of dive into and, and get bought into. But uh, yeah, I love Moon, Moonrise Kingdom. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number seven is Best Picture winning Coda. 2021 directed by sean heater your uh, face Coda, when you said that it was like so smug it was so smug, so smug. It? it was like you made yeah. the movie coda and you just needed to remind people that <laughs> in one best picture people were really mad uh, a lot of people were really mad about this winning uh best picture which like i get it very much not your typical best picture winning movie and so like i i i, I totally get it I love it so much. I was so here for it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I was so incredibly here for it. Um, directed by Sean Heater. As a coda, a child of deaf adults, uh, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. Uh, as 3.9 on Letterboxd stars Amelia Jones, Marley Matlin, Troy Kotzer. Um, another movie that is just so like it's it's kind of the theme of coming of age movies and that they're both like charming funny and heartfelt you know what i mean uh, and so i'm gonna say that 10 billion times sorry in advance i guess but this very much is like i love the the family dynamics in this movie um i i love the uh kind of the issues that the main character ruby is dealing with and that it's like an incredibly tough situation like does she stay and help her family who very very much needs her help um or does she kind of like go on and live her own life and follow her dreams and do her own thing and she's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place of trying to figure out what to do and so it's kind of a tale as old as time not not a groundbreaking story being told but the way that it was told was just so good and unique and genuine um, I think the acting is great. Troy Kotzer is just incredible in this movie. Um, so incredibly funny. Uh, it's, yeah, one of my favorites. Was was stoked that it won. It was, I think it was my favorite movie of that year, so um, had to make my list. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, my number six, and not the last uh, Richard Linklater movie to be on my list, um, it's Boyhood. Literally a movie that is the most in-depth coming-of-age <laughs> movie of all time. I know a lot. This will probably lose me this episode because I know a lot of people don't like this, but I, this, I mean, it is so, it's about a kid in Texas, you know, specifically like growing up near Houston. So like I identify with this movie more than most people do. And I completely understand people not liking it. Um, the film tells a story of a divorced couple trying to raise their young son. The story follows a boy for 12 years from first grade at age six through 12th grade at age 17, 18, and examines his relationship with his parents as he grows. Um, for those of you that just didn't pay attention to the Oscars in 2015, um, which they just talked about the filming process in this the whole time, uh, this movie was filmed literally over 12 years of this actor's life, uh, all these actors' lives, uh, starring Eller Coltrane, Patricia Arquette, Ethan Hawke, uh, Lorelai Linkletter, who plays a sister. That's uh, Richard Linkletter's daughter. Um, but this, you know, it follows the life of this kid for 12 years. And periodically, Richard Linkletter would stop filming and wait a couple of years and continue filming and kind of do that whole process until he was 17 or 18. Um, was Eller Coltrane the right choice? I don't know. I I don't know. He's not the greatest actor of all time. The older he gets, but 
I still love this. Are movie. you sure, dude? I'm I'm on his IMDb right now, and his most recent credit is uh, in a short film called El Fantasma, where he plays Lee Harvey Oswald. So <sighs> honestly, that like kind of makes big things. <laughs> I can kind of see him <laughs> being Lee Harvey. Oswald. <laughs> feel like he's a big deal doing big things, dude. Oh, uh, but yeah, I love this movie so much. It's it's just something I can really identify identify with growing up and. That's kind of what we come to for coming of age movies. We want to identify with, you know, this was my experience growing up kind of thing. Um, you know, I was a kid in Texas raised by div- divorced parents. Like this was very much right up my alley. Uh, but yeah, I love this movie so much. And I absolutely get why people don't like it, but it's on my list. So deal with it. He, uh, he played a character called the clerk in a movie called the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Oh, so I've I... seen that movie. It's so <laughs> weird. Um, so like, yeah, I get, yeah. So like, the plot of that movie. Hold on, let me try to remember. So Sam Elliott's the main character, which I know mm. I'm not a huge Sam Elliott fan anymore. Um, but it, so he killed Hitler, and then they replaced Hitler, um, like during world war ii so no one knows about him killing hitler and he couldn't tell anyone because it was a top secret mission so he never got any of the credit but like the government gives him like a stipend he just lives free in the wilderness and then bigfoot somehow is carrying this like disease that could eradicate all humans and like he's i think he's dying and he's like i'll I'll go hunt bigfoot and he's like hunting bigfoot and bigfoot is like also hunting him at the same time it kind of sounds rad. It's it. I remember like not hating it, but I also remember watching it at, like two a.m. So like, yeah. <laughs> I have to look this up. I need to know like what's the Rotten Tomatoes score. What's the uh, hold on? This? Let me. I'll look up the uh, letterbox. It had a it had a box office of three thousand eight hundred and twenty two dollars. Two so two point eight on letterbox. Brian Gill has it at three and a half stars. And y'all are usually it's, right on the same radius. It's 75% on Rotten Tomatoes with 97 reviews. So it's apparently not awful. We need to watch this movie. We need to do like a live stream, live part, live watch party of this movie, I think. It is the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre movies of all time. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Uh, okay. Um, let's, let's move on to my number six. This is... The deeper and deeper I get into this list, the more I realize it's all just because this is one of my favorite genres, arguably my favorite genre. These are all like my favorite movies that I squeeze into every list possible. Kev is going to hate this. How we're going to get, I'm not going to be mad about it, but tell me how you get Top Gun Maverick in this. Oh God. I wish God, I wish. Um, no, I couldn't do it. It's it's shit house is my number Ah, six. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 2020 directed by Cooper Rafe lonely college freshman Alex has closed himself off from his peers who all appear to have this whole college thing figured out but everything changes one night when Alex takes a leap and attends a party at Shithouse a legendary party fraternity where he forges a strong connection with Maggie has a 3.8 on Letterboxd stars Cooper Rafe and Dylan Galula um, I, I, cho- I had to choose between this and Cha Cha Real Smooth I didn't want to put both on yeah, this list because, right like, yeah. it would have been very us to put two different cooper rafe movies on on one list uh but yeah this this is my favorite of the two i like this one more 
Um, it's just so good. Cooper Rafe is, we've said it before, he's so good at genuine awkward. Yeah. Um, not so much that it makes you too uncomfortable, but enough that it makes you like feel like you're experiencing it a little bit as well. Um, he's just, he's so, so, so incredibly talented at, at awkward, which, which is like a weird thing to be excited about a director, but I kind of love it. Um, his whole MO is awkward coming of age uh, and he, he absolutely nails it. So many genuine feelings and thoughts and like funny moments that feel very real. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this movie. We can't, I mean, you and I talk about this movie a ton for good reason. Yeah. Well, speaking of genuine awkward. Uh, my number five is eighth grade, uh, directed by Bo Burnham yeah. came out in 2018, uh, 13 year old Kayla endures the tidal wave of contemporary suburban adolescence as she makes her way through the last week of middle school, the end of her thus, thus far disastrous eighth grade year. There's too many big words in that, uh, before she begins high school. Uh, one, there's one big word that just disastrous. Are you talking about the word thus? No. Well, no, it's like thus for a disastrous eighth grade contemporary suburban adolescence, like all in one line. Like, calm yeah, down. It's very Everybody Bo calm down. It's very, I don't think I Bo, like Bo Burnham wrote, wrote that, that himself. <laughs> oh, I feel like Bo Burnham I don't think, I don't think the director's he's so smart, right. he thinks those are all the most generic way to write it possibly. I don't think the uh, the directors of every movie on Letterboxd write their own uh, you don't know, summary. Dude. You don't know. Uh, starring uh, Elsie Fish. Isn't it way more fun to pretend like they are, though? Not really. Isn't it way more fun to think like Scorsese writes the Letterboxd summary of all of his movies on Letterboxd? <laughs> yes. Um, starring Elsie Fisher, Josh Hamilton, Emily Robinson, jake ryan josh hamilton <laughs> not not that josh hamilton <laughs> wrong yeah, josh hamilton too busy hitting bombs on this um <laughs> uh but yeah this if anyone has ever gone through middle school um in america i'm not going to make assumptions on canada i'm sure y'all have a perfect middle school life no awkwardness whatsoever uh juice can you please confirm yes or no yeah, we can ask Juice. she she teaches middle school uh but if yeah. anyone has ever been through the awkwardness and weirdness of of middle school this is right up your alley i mean i think genuinely almost ever unless you were really cool in middle school which i can't imagine we have a lot of listeners that were just super mm-hmm. cool in middle school because i'm sure most of those people are working on wall street and we have zero i'm gonna be street. honest I'm going to be honest. I was way cooler in middle school than I am. I've gotten progressively less cool every single year of my life. I'm not kidding. Yeah, but you were definitely awkward in so middle like, school, weren't was, you? Was I cool? No. Was I cool compared to how I am now? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I did. Yeah. Well, and I didn't. unlike Danny, I did not peak in middle school at all. Oh, um, I very much did. I did hit my growth spurt and start shaving in eighth grade, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, if anyone who's gone through middle school, this is so perfect. It is so, like, cringe in, like, the best way possible. Like, you are wincing through this entire thing, and you're like, oh, my God, I, this is so awkward and weird, and I love it so much. Like, even to the last scene where she's having that chicken nugget date with that weird kid who's, like, brought all the <laughs> sauces from McDonald's, which is just amazing. Uh, but, yeah, Bo Burnham freaking amazing director i think this is like his only movie that he's written and directed which is um insane because he's such a good director um for anyone who uh hasn't or wants more evidence that he's a great director um go go watch rathaniel um gerard carmichael's stand-up special on hbo max it's like 
the only stand-up special where I've <laughs> I've ever watched. Like this directing is freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, eighth grade, Bo Burnham. It's <laughs> it is so weird how he is able. I mean, it makes sense. He's a kid that grew up on YouTube. He became YouTube famous when he was like fourteen. Um, and this girl is trying to become YouTube famous and she's only getting like 10 views and it's like mostly her dad, um, which is just, God, God, so which is very relatable as a podcast that like does not get very many listens and half of them are my gallons. It's an incredibly yeah. relatable experience for us. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it, it is just so funny. Like, it's just one of those movies where like, this is a theme in a lot of coming of age movies where it's just like this dad is so supportive, but the kid wants nothing to do with him whatsoever. I mean, it's just so it's so good. Uh, really good movie. Can't believe it wasn't nominated for an Oscar in 2019. Um, just because this was such a down year for movies. Um, obviously, because mm-hmm. we were gearing up to the greatest year in movie history. Um, right. And nobody can, uh, persuade me otherwise on that. Um, Agreed. But Agreed. I'm yeah, with you. eighth grade, fantastic. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, great pick. My number five is Booksmart. Oh, nice. 2019, directed by Olivia Wilde. Two academic teenage superstars realize on the eve of their high school graduation that they should have worked less and played more. Determined to never fall short of their peers, the girls set out on a mission to cram four years of fun into one night. So 3.8 on Letterboxd stars Caitlin Deaver, Beanie Feldstein, Jessica Williams. Um, oh, this is great. It's another movie I talk about uh, too much. I kind of I had I told myself I had to choose between this and Superbad because they're very similar plot wise, and I, this is my preferred of kind of that plot. Uh, I just I love this movie. I love Caitlin Deaver's and uh, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein's chemistry together. I think they're so incredibly funny together. They felt like they had been lifelong best friends. Um, the script in this movie is so funny and so uh, relatable feeling. They did a lot of growing up in just like over this course of 24 hours. Um, and so very, very classic coming of age story. It just told in such a funny way. Yeah, I this is between Superbad and this. This is the right choice for coming of age because like I feel yeah. like in any coming of age story, the main character or characters have to learn something. Yeah. I don't know if any of the characters in Superbad really learned anything <laughs> after that. Like, I really yeah. wanted to include Superbad in my movie, in my in my list. I just don't think they learned any. Like, I think they learned to treat women better, which is like, <laughs> which it's a, honestly a big deal for a young man to learn. But yeah, I but it's like at that point too. Like, I mean, th- I was raised by good parents, so like I knew that before I was going to college. But like that is just like. I just don't want to praise like, oh, you learned that when you were 18. Congrats. <laughs> that's what you learned. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a good choice. Um, okay, my number four. One of the greatest movie quotes of our t- of all time. It's their time up there. Up there, it's their time. It's <laughs> our time down here. Down here, it's our time. Uh, the Goonies God. came out in 1985, directed by Richard Donner. A young teenager named Mikey Walsh finds an old treasure map in his father's attic, hoping to save their homes from demolition. Mikey and his friends, uh, Data Wang, God, that name gets me every single time. It's such a bad name. Uh, Chunk Cohen, also bad name. Uh, And Mouth Devereaux, which I'm always surprised by that last name. This is great. 
Yeah, Richard Donner definitely wrote this. Uh, run off in, on a big quest and find the secret stash of Pirate One-Eyed Willie. Um, starring Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, Jeff Cohen, Corey Feldman, uh, Carrie Green, Martha Plimpton, K-Way Kwan, um, Oscar winner K-Way Kwan. Um, yeah. This, I, I love this movie so much. This could be, I, I think people could consider this an adventure movie before um, coming of age, but I think that scene at the end where they all like, you know, they're all like, okay, with not getting the treasure and data's dad makes me cry. And chunks family just decides to adopt this fully grown (laughs) man into their family. Um, (laughs) I, I love this movie so much. And I think what gets me every, every time is the friendship and, and the kids more than the adventure which is kind of like what's great about Stranger Things. It's like, yeah, the plot's great, but it's really like the the kids that get you in that. Um, but yeah, the the Goonies for me, that's how they got into into my top five. Is the the kids in this movie are just perfect. This is one of the greatest casted movies of all time. Yeah, very classic coming of age movie. Great choice. Uh, okay, my number four, another very very much a Rank Kings movie. It's Sing Street. 2016 oh, yeah. directed by john carney boy growing up in dublin during the 1980s escapes a strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes as a 4.0 on letterbox starring Freddie walsh pilo lucy boynton jack rayner god i love this movie very much a coming of age movie the the main character like goes through 12 different phases trying to figure out who he is and like what kind of person that he wants to be in this movie uh and he does it all because he's trying to impress an older girl which if that's not like an integral part of a young man growing up then i kind of don't know what is you know what i mean is drive Um, it like you stole it the biggest oscar snub of all time a hundred percent yes absolutely it's so good that's such rips. a freaking good song yeah um yeah i i don't know how it didn't get more more buzz um bummed that the uh the stage production kind of petered out because it literally was supposed to open like covid weekend <laughs> like, like the, the weekend oh the, the like the musical country. i was like I thought you were talking yeah, about the stage a- production on this movie. I was like, what are you talking about? No, no. They were doing like a Broadway musical version of Sing Street. Yeah. Um, and it was starring like the kid from Game of Thrones. I think that was uh, Tommen. I think Tommen was like the main character on the stage production of Sing Street. Yeah. Um, kind of bummed because the music is so good in this that I thought like a Broadway or off-Broadway play version of this would have been really, really awesome. Um, and listen to the music. It's very good because they recorded the music beforehand. And apparently, like, the weekend that all of the, like, actors were getting on planes to fly to New York to start production of this is the weekend that the country shut down for COVID. So literally the worst possible timing. But, I God, I love this movie so much. One of the more rewatchable movies, This which these are all pretty rewatchable for me just because I love the genre so much, but this one especially so, and a lot of that is because the music is so good. The acting is so good. It's such a genuine story of, like, two brothers, which we yeah. love. We love brother movies. Um, well acted, well written. I love Sing Street. Shout out to Ellen Beck for getting me to watch this for the first time. Yeah, that movie is awesome. Um, okay, we're in my top three now, which... If like if I made a top ten list of my all time favorite movies, like this just goes to show you how much we love coming of age. The 
like all these would be in my top six movies of all mm-hmm. time. Favorite movies of all time. Um, no, my number three is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, yeah. Came out in 1986, directed by John Hughes. After a high school slacker, Ferris Bueller successfully fakes an illness in order to skip school for the day. He goes on a series of adventures throughout Chicago with his girlfriend Sloan and best friend Cameron, all the while trying to outwit his wily school principal and fed-up sister. Starring Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, Mia Sara, um, all-time crush Mia Sara, uh, Jeffrey Jones, Jennifer Grey. Um, this, okay, I know, everyone's like, hey, Ty, you just said coming-of-age movies, they need to learn a lesson. Yes, I know Ferris Bueller did not learn any lessons in this, <laughs> but really, like, the more I rewatch this movie, the more it's like, Ferris Bueller is kind of a prop so that um, uh, Cameron and Sloan can kind of come of age themselves. Um, where, like, Ferris is more of this, like, kind of ignition fuel for cameron and sarah to like come of age and learn what they're gonna do after high school and kind of find out more about themselves especially cameron um i mean this is i know he's not the main character but like he is really the main character of this movie um but yeah i i freaking love this movie this was in my top five like for my entire life until top gun maverick came out and took over that five spot (laughs) um but yeah ferris bueller freaking amazing i I love this movie it's my favorite john hughes movie i watch this at least like four or five times a year this is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah yeah great choice not on my list because i knew for a fact that it would be on yours and i didn't want to have too much crossover uh and you like it so much more than i do even though i love it too so yeah it seems like if i think i know what your list is are we only gonna have one crossover Yes, we only have one in common, and it's this one, so I'm not going to talk about it very much because I know you and that it's your number one. Uh, my number three is Lady Bird. Yeah. T- 2017, directed by Greta Ger- Gerwig. I'm going to let you go through the whole letterbox spiel of it because I, I'm positive it's your number one because of how much you love this movie. I love it, too. It's it's the only crossover because it had to be on my list because it like is genre-defining coming-of-age <laughs> movie like it is the most coming of age movie of any coming of age movie i've ever seen um saoirse ronan is perfect in this um in like just captures and like captures and portrays so many very common relatable emotions that every teenager has ever dealt with like if the small ones up to the big ones where she kind of goes nuts and rolls out of her mom's car so maybe a little extreme on some of them but just it it, this is a perfect coming of age movie and it couldn't not be on my list but i'm going to let you go into detail on it more later do you have two greta gerwig movies on your list sure do I purposely left off one because I didn't think you would put Lady Bird on your list, and I would give you that one. I had to. I'm so Whatever, sorry. I, at least I let you do the most discussion about it, and oh, I didn't think it was my number one. <laughs> I, it had to be on my list because this is – I like the other one better. I, I, I like it better as a movie. This is more of a coming-of-age movie. I also left off another – that was your number three. Yeah. I left off another movie that I'm surprised hasn't shown up. Okay. I'm interested to hear what it is. Also uh, directed by, we... also directed by the guy who 
directed this, my number two movie, uh, Days of Confused. Came out in 1993, directed by Richard Linkletter. You, it's not on your list. So Everybody Wants Some is not on your list. No, I didn't know that it was really a coming-of-age movie. I did think about it, but I didn't. I don't know. It's college is a weird time, and so it was hard to call a lot of what they went through coming of age, I guess, because that movie is so much just dudes hanging out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not 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 as much growing and learning and bettering yourselves, or like going through like uh, something that like causes you to come out the other side different. It's kind of just guys hanging out, and I love it, and it's a perfect movie. But I don't know that it's coming of age. I would consider, it, especially the main character. He goes through some stuff. He definitely changes by the end of the movie. Um, But my number two, Days Confused, came out in 1993, directed by Richard Linkletter. Um, The adventures of a group of Texas teens on their last day of school in 1976, centering on on student Randall Floyd, who moves easily among stoners, jocks, and geeks. Floyd is a star athlete, but he also likes smoking weed, which presents a conundrum when his football coach demands he sign a no-drug pledge. Um, starring Jason London, Joey Laurie Adams, Matthew McConaughey, Rory Cochran, Mila Jovovich, Sean Andrews, Adam Goldberg, Anthony Rapp, Shasha Jensen, um, Cole Hauser, oh gosh, Ben Affleck. This, I mean, this movie is amazing. This is in, in my top four on Letterboxd. This is my number three movie, favorite movie of all time. A movie, again, that I identify with, even though that, even though this is set in the 70s, this is based off the high school I went to. Um, it's based off two high schools in Houston, one of which is the one I went to. Like, I also got paddled when I moved, when I went into high school, I was paddled at, on the last day of middle school. Um, it's a thing that still to this day happens um, in that community. And everyone's wow. kind of just lets it happen. No, like <laughs> no one says anything about it. like all the parents know, all the teachers know, no one does anything about it. Um but yeah, I I identify with this movie so much. It's you know about a you know kids in Texas. Nothing has really changed. Nothing really changes. You know, it's just like the technology when it comes to high school movies. It's all the same thing. It's all the same discussion of you know talking about who's hotter on on Gilligan's Island. I'm you know we're now talking about who's hotter on Love Island. You know, it's just you know <laughs> the, the times don't change that much, Danny. Um, but yeah, Days of Confused, seminal movie. I think this is one of the most important movies ever made for independent movie makers. Um, and I love it so much. I watch this all the time. I quote this all the time. It's fantastic. Yep. Excellent choice. Glad it was on your list. Um, okay. My number two, one of my favorite movies, uh, it's Almost Famous from 2000, directed by Cameron Crowe. Uh, in 1973, 15-year-old William Miller's unabashed love of music and aspiration to become a rock journalist lands him an assignment from Rolling Stone magazine to interview and tour with the up-and-coming band Stillwater. It's a 4.0 on Letterboxd, stars Patrick Fugate, Billy Crudup, Kate Hudson. Um, it's just all about this young, like, kind of prodigy music journalist that for some reason rolling stone sends this 15 year old kid on road with a or on the road with a rock band because it's 1973 and there are no rules and none of the uh, nothing matters um but just the amount of growing up that this kid does in this movie uh definitely makes it a coming of age movie uh it's it's just a movie that's very very important and a movie that i love very very much yeah this is a weird movie for me i like there are times where I watch it and I'm like, this is five stars. And I think I still have mm-hmm. it at five stars on Letterboxd. 
Um, but there are times where I watch it and I'm like, I don't like most of this. It's like, it's very, it fluctuates so much um, to where I just stopped. I just stopped watching it. And if I want a taste of it, then I just watch the uh, tiny dancer scene, which is the best scene in the movie. Um, yeah. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a letterbox review from you from July 8th, 2020 says this is a perfect film nothing gets better than the tiny dancer scene in the bus yeah but you have since lowered it to four and a half stars yeah it's there's there's so many times where i think at one point i had it at three and a half like it's very it fluctuates so hard for me there's just i don't know there's something about it where i can't i can't stay committed to whatever rating i give it i get it it it's it is a movie that every time I watch it, I notice different things and I kind of feel differently about the things that I'm watching. So it's kind of weird in that like I am growing with the movie every time that I watch it because it sort of depends on like where I'm at in life and what I'm thinking and feeling and going through. Um, and so maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's also how I feel about it. I just always end up coming up with with four and a half, five stars. Incredible movie. I love it very, very much. Yeah. Um, okay, my number one, no surprise to anyone, this is my number two favorite movie of all time behind the social network. It's Lady Bird. Uh, came out in 2017, directed by Greta Gerwig, a California high school s- student, plans to escape from her family in small town by... Small town? She lives in Sacramento. Uh, by going to college in New York, <laughs> much to the disapproval of wildly loving, deeply appoint- op- opinionated, and strong-willed mother... Uh, starring Saoirse Ronan, Laurie Metcalf, uh, Tracy Letts, Lucas Hedges. Uh, this is the first time I ever saw Timothy Chalamet in a movie. Uh, Beanie Feldstein. Um, this this is there's this is gonna sound so pretentious, and you're gonna roll your eyes so freaking hard. This is there's only two movies in my life where I walked out of the movie theater and I I felt like a changed person, and it's The Social Network and and Lady Bird, and it just stuck with me forever and yes i i know we talk about um top gun maverick a lot and we it's it's a different kind of you know change when you walk out of a movie it's a different kind of feeling um but this movie like my top four on letterbox changes all the time but ladybird always stays at that number two spot um i love this movie so much i think it's a perfect movie i think it was an absolute crime that this movie did not win best picture um in 2018 i think the Academy could have done something really great and kind of changed the Oscars ahead of time before what they did with Coda. Um, I think this is a perfect movie. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this movie. The writing is fantastic. The story is, is amazing. Um, the mom in this, who is just, you know, again, very opinionated and, and, you know, she, does she do everything the right way? And maybe, maybe, I don't know, but she reminds me so much of my mom and, and our relationship where we mostly just argue about stuff the whole time. Um, because we're both very strong-willed people. Uh, but this is the first time I've saw Saoirse Ronan in a movie. Uh, this is the first time like my obsession with Timothy Chalamet started. First time I saw Beanie Feldstein. Um, first time I saw a Greta Gerwig movie. That, I mean, this this movie is is extremely personal for me, and, and I love it so much. And there's no way I could have made a coming-of-age movie without making this number one. Yeah, for sure. Excellent pick, obviously. Um, speaking of Greta Gerwig, Saoirse Ronan, and Timothy Chalamet, my number one's Little Women, 2019, directed by Greta Gerwig. Four sisters come of age in America in the aftermath of the Civil War. As a 4.2 rating on Letterboxd, 
So Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Bob Odenkirk is in there somewhere for a couple minutes. <laughs> I This is one of the more shocking uh, theater experiences for me because I went into this. I, I didn't read the book in middle school or whatever. Like this the is never sucks. a book that I had. Never read the book. Yeah, it's, it's never a book that I had to read growing up. It's not – I didn't watch any of the older movies because this movie has been made like 46 times now. None of them ever really seemed like my thing. But um, this came out in theaters. I had just started getting kind of serious about like wanting to watch new releases as they come out. I had recently watched Lady Bird uh, for the first time and like, re like really loved that. And I was like, oh, cool. The director of Lady Bird has another movie coming out. Sir Sharonin's in it. That great. This cast rules. Um and one of the most incredible theater experiences of my life. This movie has such an incredible way of making you feel just the widest range of emotions throughout the, throughout the runtime yeah. of this film. Like ev every emotion that a human can feel because you feel so invested in these, this little family that is all growing up together and they're all going through like, things that feel so genuine and relatable for a family to go through um and the way that these sisters interact with each other it feels so real they really genuinely do feel like a little family and it makes you laugh and it makes you cry and it's like a, such a good uh an interesting twist and way to tell this story that felt a, a little bit different having gone back and like I viewed some of the like older stuff or <laughs> the older versions of this. Um, just Greta Gerwig did it in such an impressive way. And this movie means so, so much to me. I love this movie very much had to be my number one um, easily. It's kind of crazy. I mean, this cast, when you read it, it's like Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh, Liza Scanlon, Lord Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Meryl Streep, Tracy Letts, Bob Odenkirk, Chris Cooper, Emma Watson. <laughs> like oh and she's good in this like it's her best it's, acting performance like i get like she's really good lot. as hermione but that's you know very yeah. subdued acting because she's a child but like yeah. it's her best performance but she doesn't really do anything in this movie which is i think it's more yeah. the directing is really good and she's just mm -hmm. serviceable and just there and reading the lines right um right but yeah awesome performance by chris cooper who plays uh mr lawrence in this movie um mm -hmm. most people like kev gnome as the bad guy from the muppets movie um of course the the be the the most recent muppets movie the one that came out in 2011 the best one um i will be accepting no ats in the discord uh kev um but amazing performance in in that when i when beth uh dies like that is one of the greatest scenes of all time uh um, yeah but yeah, Little Women, great. Book sucks. I watched the movie that came out in the 90s, and this is so freaking good that Greta Gerwig makes that movie that everyone loved, starring a bunch of really good actresses, makes it look like a freaking Hallmark Channel movie. It is like, like, it is like flying first class, and then on the way back home, you sit in coach next to a crying baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's such an impressive impressive emotional film like the way that it like grabs you and like brings you in and makes you experience the movie rather than just sit there and watch it in a way that 
a few other movies have the ability to do it's just god it's so so good. gosh 2019 yeah. man i mean that year of little year women of parasite portrait of a lady on fire and uh um black man in san francisco uh last black man mm-hmm. in san francisco like those four movies could have like any other year that's the best movie of that year yeah <laughs> and those all came out what the same freaking year like that best year Best year in movie history, and I don't, I don't really think it's that close. Joker, I mean, Joker was up there for you. I remember <laughs> okay. That. The Lighthouse, I remember you loved The Lighthouse. I still, I still have not, and really do not want to see The Lighthouse. It is, I cannot imagine very many things further away from being up my alley than The Lighthouse. You don't want to see Willem Dafoe have sex with an octopus. No, I don't. Also, why is it in black and white? We don't have to do that anymore. We have the technology to make color movies. Stop it. Um, All right, let's take a break. Uh, We'll be right back with our guest judge. Hello, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with me and Ty as we talk coming-of-age movies. It's genuinely probably our favorite collective uh, genre of movies, so um, wild that it took us this long to get to, but I'm glad Ron had the idea. Uh, speaking of Ron, we're going to be joined by him, uh, in just a second. He is one of the hosts of the real Latinos podcast, which we love. Um, if you are a listener of this show, uh, he and his co-hosts, uh, Ismail and Goody were on in February, I believe for our 2022 movies episode. Um, spoiler alert, they're going to be on again this summer and I'm super, super excited about it. We love Ron. Um, Ron is uh, a member of our Discord, and he actually, we call him our maester. He's the guy that kind of compiles all of the stats for our episodes. He keeps the scoreboard for us, which is just super, super cool of him. We love Ron. So really excited to have him on here. Uh, Wanted to jump in here, let you guys know next week's episode, uh, we're going to be doing a draft episode, um, and it's our first ever patron's choice episode um, that we're going to be doing. Our, Our One of our patrons, Sean Blanford, um, aka movie burb uh, he's been on the show a few times um, one of the perks that he gets at his patron level is he gets to choose uh, a, a topic for us to uh, to pick and he also gets to join us on the episode um, and so uh, what he has chosen is directors were buying stock in so we already did actors were buying stock in now he wants to talk directors and so it's going to be kind of like up and coming directors who only have maybe a few projects and that we expect big things of uh, and we thought instead of just doing a normal list which we would probably have a, a ton of crossover we thought let's do it as a draft so sean's going to join us for that to judge our teams i think it's going to be super fun i'm really excited for that if that sounds fun to you send us an email send us some directors that you're excited for some up and coming uh people that are that are going to be coming out with cool things that you have high hopes for um speaking of our patreon i want to give a shout out to uh some of our patrons uh, our newest patron kev who we talk about a whole lot on the show he kind of catches a lot of strays on this episode sorry about that we love kev uh host austin danger podcast uh joined our patreon I also want to give a shout out to our Kingsguard and Hand of the Kings level patrons. That's Dave Nado, Brandon Ulrich, Zach Rich, Sean Blanford, Ryan Yeager, Ron Jimenez, uh, Rod Schweinsberg, uh, Robbie McGowan, Pat Lusk, and Meredith, a.k.a. Juice. Thank you guys so much. Um, your uh, donation this month has uh, filled my drink fridge up with Topo Chico, and I couldn't be more thankful. Uh, it's probably the healthiest obsession that I have, so thank you for contributing to it. Uh, love you guys really means the world to us. Uh, back to the show. We are back with this week's special guest judge returning to the show, uh, the co-host of The Real Latinos, uh, and also our very own maester, it's Ron Jimenez. Ron, what's up, dude? How's it going, guys? 
It's going good. Good, how are you, buddy? Yeah, we figured you just came of age, so we we had to bring you on. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I finally had Whataburger, so now I'm 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 officially a man. Ben, yeah, officially an adult. That's the metric of coming of age. Is once you eat Whataburger, then you've lived. Yeah. Can we can we get a rundown of what did you order? How was it? How was the experience? We we need this. I oh, think. okay. So my wife and I went to New Orleans, and uh, we. We went on like one of those uh, like gator like bayou mm-hmm. cruises or whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, we we're like, oh, we're we're not too far from the Mississippi border. Let's just like go to Mississippi just to say we did it, right? So yeah. we crossed over into Mississippi and like we um, stopped at a rest stop. And we're like, well, we're here. We should actually like do something in Mississippi. So we're like, well, let's see what's around to eat. And I was like, wait a minute, is there water burgers here? And so like <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I, I I googled it and I was like, oh my god. Uh, we have to go. She's like, really? Like that, that's what you want to do in Mississippi? You don't understand. Yeah. This is so important yeah. to a very small group of my internet yeah. friends. It's kind of crazy yeah. how y'all were like perfectly there because there's only two Whataburgers in Mississippi, right? And there's only one in Louisiana, and it was like six hours north of y'all, like way out yeah. of the way. So like, it's kind of crazy yeah. y'all were like perfectly yeah. right so, there. So yes, I I drove thirty miles into Mississippi just to, just yeah. to eat at Whataburger. So, but it was all right. I mean, we listened to Mississippi radio. They played a lot of Creed and Nickelback. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, we yeah. ended up yeah <laughs> we ended up driving down to the to the Gulf and seeing the Atlantic Ocean for a few minutes. So I mean, yeah, it was it was worth the trip. Um, so the food, I don't even remember what I ordered because it's whatever yeah. you get. Like I looked it up in the Discord. Like whatever you guys said right. to be your first order. Like that's like I was just explaining to the woman like. I was basically reading <laughs> verbatim what you guys. You said. got the hold on. Uh, my tech, my Texas friends have told me what to get. You got the sweet yeah, and spicy yeah. burger. I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, I got the sweet and spicy burger, and I got the one the 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 chicken fingers. Yes, um, sandwich yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I got the Dr Pepper shake. Yes. And heck yeah. Uh, what else did I get? I got the the fries with the the spicy ketchup and all that. Oh yeah. Um, the only thing that was weird was, uh, so my wife's a vegetarian and so she wanted the chicken finger sandwich too, just without the chicken. And, mm, okay. uh, that like that, was it probably took like three, shocking to yeah, the, it took yep. like three different employees to figure out how to yeah. order the sandwich without any chicken on it. Like, <laughs> I guess they don't get many vegetarians in, in, in that part. Of the yeah. World. Surprisingly, they also not have a lot a weird... of vegetarians in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> They also have a weird thing about swapping out proteins at, at Whataburger because my favorite actual thing is the sweet and spicy bacon burger, except swap the burger with chicken strips. Uh-huh. It's my actual favorite thing to get at Whataburger. They have such a weird thing for some reason in their system about swapping out proteins. So I have to like order the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich on a bun instead of toast. No barbecue sauce, no cheese. <laughs> add this, add this, add that. It's so like annoying and such a convoluted process, but honestly, the sandwich slaps. Yeah, so it <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was. It definitely lived up to the hype. It was. It was pretty, pretty darn good. Um, the only, yeah. my only regret is like the one thing that you guys really talk up is the the, the breakfast one, the the, the biscuit. honey barbecue. Or yeah. So, yeah, the honey butter chicken. Yeah, that uh, was the one that I really went. I was like, oh, like we can wait around three hours <laughs> until, like, until we start serving <laughs> breakfast. And then I tried to tried to sell around like, well, I mean, like the New Orleans Aquarium's closed and the Mississippi Aquarium's right here. Why don't we just drive back in the morning? Um, really, like that's not why we're here. 
So, um, but I mean, you know, whatever, when, when Creed tours and we do our rankings meetup in, uh, at yes. whatever Texas date, <laughs> exactly. um, official, official band of rankings, then, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to go and get some <laughs> breakfast at a Whataburger with you guys. Honestly, that's Offic- a Creed officially on our Mount Rushmore of, of rankings musicians that like we made a graphic for and put in the discord. Very, what a weird community. We that have. would be <laughs> such a good night, a Creed concert that I'm assuming they go pretty late. They go past mm-hmm. 11, obviously. Yeah. And then I don't know, dude. They're like, <laughs> like they're old. Their fan base is old. I bet they're done by like eight. We're gonna have to find something to do for it. But like, you know, they're gonna be playing at a casino, so we can find yeah, a way true. to like <laughs> entertain <laughs> ourselves for a couple hours. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> God, incredible night that we have planned. Um, okay, Ron. Uh, spend a few minutes talking about real Latinos. We we've had you on before. We had all of you on for our arguably our biggest episode of the year where we do our like yearly movie review of the movies from last year. It's the one that we get most excited about the one we put the most work into. So we had all of the real Latinos on for that episode, which was super fun. Um, you guys are taking a break right now, but you're coming back soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We should be back probably within, within the next month or so. Um, cool. So yeah, basically um, me and uh, our buddies, Guti and Ismail, we're all of Latin American descent. Uh, Ismail and I are Mexican American and Guti is uh, Nicaraguan American. Um, so we kind of uh, wanted to get in touch with with our heritage a bit. Um, movies from that part of the word, world other than Mexico aren't really talked about a whole lot. So figured, like, why don't we... It, it kind of started because I wanted to listen to a podcast like that and Ismail was always waving the flag of you know like more Latin American movies. So I was like, Ismail, yep. why don't you start a podcast? And he's like, yeah, let's start a podcast. And I was like, that's not really what I said. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Uh, so and now we've been doing it for you know six months or however long it's been, 25 episodes and... Yeah, it's been been a blast. We've had a lot of uh, good feedback, a lot of uh, fun friends um, talking about it with us, um, some cool guests on and stuff. So, and uh, looking forward to to coming back, um, doing some some pretty big movies coming up. We've been we've been talking about. There's a uh, one movie yeah. in particular that I know the two of you are interested in that we have on on the docket um, because uh, the lead character is uh, is of Latin American descent. So oh, so not to, Casa to de mi Padre. By Will Ferrell, <laughs> we, we 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 may do that at some point. I'm pushing for that, but uh, no, I'm I'm talking about something with a with a certain superhero in it oh. that uh, might be dropping in theaters in the next couple of months. So, oh, baby. <laughs> let's go! <laughs> God, I'm excited. Yeah, great show. Um, excellent show. You guys have a really good chemistry. So much better chemistry than me and Ty. So it's a it's a really, it's a pleasure. Yeah, to it's like a podcast with friends oh, where me and Danny. It's like, <laughs> when are they going to kill each other? <laughs> it's honestly weird when the hosts of a podcast like enjoy each other. It's, uh, I, I, I just edit all that stuff out. That's all. That's, you know, for as, as long as our episodes you guys are, edit? There's like, yeah, there's like two hours worth of stuff that I leave in the cutting room floor of us fighting over, you know, baseball and soccer and, you know, like who's, you know, like who, which of us didn't give one of Ismail's favorite movies five stars. So. Wait, are we, are we supposed to cut that stuff out? Is that what podcasts do? Uh, if it is, I'm too Every lazy. second. <laughs> the only things we ever cut out is if like Ellen lets out an accidental cuss word or yeah. something. That's the only or, thing. Or, or if Ty reveals his banking information yeah. and even yeah. then like it takes someone listening to, to say, hey, you might want to go and cut that out. Oh, incredible. All right. Uh Ron, we uh oh, by the way, speaking of real Latinos, uh, spoiler alert, probably gonna hear more from you guys on this feed next month. So maybe, maybe. Get get excited for that. 
um, putting you on the spot, putting Ismail Goody on the spot too, in case they decide <laughs> yeah. to back out. I'm putting it out there. Oh, to they're our not backing now. out. This is this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just locking them in. Uh, okay, we're we're talking coming of age movies. Uh, this was your idea. Um, you went to the episode ideas channel that we mm-hmm. have in our Discord, um, where you have a lot of really good ideas. Like, I would say probably ninety percent of your ideas are now in our episodes. <laughs> we're gonna do document oh, cool. that Ty and I keep. So, uh, a lot of bangers coming for you. This is one that we we were talking earlier. We're kind of shocked we haven't done already because mm-hmm. this is probably collectively mine and Ty's favorite genre yeah. of movies. So this was pretty close to just a list of our favorite yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. So. Don't know how we managed to make it this long without doing this episode. So I, I'm glad that glad that you had the idea written down and ready for us to go to kind of spur us on to finally yeah. get it done. Well, it's funny the day I remember the day that I suggested it, it was literally because I was on Letterbox and Ty had re- I don't remember what movie it was, but Ty had reviewed something and I think it said something like, "Man, coming of age movies are my favorite genre of movies." And I was like, "What? The, why haven't you guys done anything like that yet?" I think it was because we're stupid. I think it was uh, that one, the Jesse Eisenberg directed movie uh, with Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, I for- already forgot mm. about it, so it can't be that great. But <laughs> <laughs> great genre though. Um. Okay, well, uh, Ron, you are our official statistician, which means you have listened to too much of this show. So you certainly know how this show works, but just in case somebody listening doesn't, I'm going to read these lists out labeled List A and List B, and then Ty and I are going to shut up for a little bit, and you get to break it down. You can talk about picks that you like, picks that you maybe didn't like or haven't seen, uh, things we missed. Uh, You can read out your own list. The only thing you have to do is you do have to pick a winner, and it does have to be one of us. It cannot be your list because of the Batman chain rule, exactly. and also because we are keeping uh, we are keeping score. What well, you're keeping score? <laughs> yeah. you, you, I, saying, you I know a... what the score is. I don't know if you guys know what the score is. Right? I now, don't. I, know what the I score do is. not. We've recorded um, so you... many episodes ahead of time that I my the score is just so scrambled in my head right now. We have recorded probably like 15 episodes in the month of April. Um, it is exhausting. I'm so tired of recording this show. So I have no idea what's going on. So I'm glad that you're keeping that document for us um, that anybody can check out in the scoreboards. Uh, I, I think it's scoreboards and punishments yeah. <laughs> channel in our Discord. So, um, all right. Uh, if there are no further questions, comments, concerns, Ron and I go ahead and get started and read these lists out. List A, the honorable mentions are Spider-Man movies. Um, It's Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 10 is Rushmore. 9 is The Breakfast Club. 8 is The Way Way Back. 7 is Moonrise Kingdom. 6 is Boyhood. 5 is 8th Grade. 4 is The Goonies. 3 is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 2 is Dazed and Confused. And number 1 is Lady Bird. List B, the honorable mentions, the theme is Japanese animation. It's Weathering With You, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Your Name. Number 10 is Mean Girls. Nine is Hunt for the Wilder People. Eight is Edge of Seventeen. Seven is Coda. Six is Shithouse. Five is Booksmart. Four is Sing Street. Three is Ladybird. Two is Almost Famous. And number one is Little Women. Ron, you have the floor. Um, so, okay, first, before we get started, I want to know, I'm sure you guys probably covered it in the... Um, the first half but what are your guys's definitions of of coming of age um uh, we do not ag- we we had a kind of a fight over it oh fine <laughs> I, so i think there's like an age limit i mean we kind of it fit like all of our movies kind of fit in both of our rules that we set out for ourselves um but the big argument was coming of age movies have an age limit where mm-hmm. danny thinks they don't i think they do 
Um, but it was kind of like, so we recorded ahead of time, a action, action movie ranking where, you know, you can't have movies that's like heavily sci-fi cause that's really a sci-fi movie instead of a, okay. an action movie. So like my roles were the main character has to be coming of age. It cannot be, you know, a, like, it can't be like a sci-fi movie where like star Wars is, I guess you consider, mm-hmm. I don't know how old Luke is. He whines like a teenager. So like. I'm assuming he's a teenager. You can assume that's a coming of age movie, but really it's a sci-fi movie. Um, and like the, the main character or one of the main characters has to like learn something by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my list fell within those rules too. I have a much broader definition though. I don't think there's an age limit and I don't necessarily think it has to be the main character that is coming of age, which means that like, a billion more movies fall into the coming of age right. genre for me, but I think it's okay if it's like a group of supporting characters or like a group of people in the movie. I don't think it has to just be like uh, coming from young adulthood into adulthood. I just think it's like going through something that causes you to mature and learn something that changes you as a person. I mm. think that kind of counts as, as coming of age though. My list, I guess didn't technically reflect that. Okay. Um, um, also, we didn't didn't include sports movies uh, for a reason. <laughs> I because, noticed uh, we would have like ninety percent sports movies. <laughs> right. and we also we also shied away from animated movies because like every Pixar movie and most Disney <laughs> right, movies right. would have like populated our list. So yeah. Okay. Um. So. Uh. I, I guess I I should just go ahead and say I'm fairly certain that I know which list is whose. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not 100%, uh, I'm, but list a has a couple Richard Linklater movies, um, a couple Wes Anderson movies, uh, a couple movies made in the eighties and list B is Danny's. Um, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we figured. <laughs> yeah. But, um, still, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, um, no, no, no bias here when, um, Right. When me and Guti and Ismail came on, uh, my criteria was I just I did a cumulative of what my letterbox score was for for each mm-hmm. of your your, your list. Uh, this time I'm going a little bit more on on feeling because uh, nice. I think that's that's what coming of age is about, right? It's about it's about heart, it's about emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm th- this was really hard, you guys. Um, you guys, uh, one thing I will say, I know sometimes you'll, you'll have judges that come on and, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone's entitled to, uh, um, you know, react to things, however they, they feel is necessary. But, um, you'll, you, from time to time, we'll have guests and be, that will come and be like, oh man, this list was so good. But like your number three pick is absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Tobin. there yeah. isn't, get, there, get dunked on Brian Gill. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> There isn't a bad pick on either of these lists. Uh, I will say the honorable mentions for um, the the Japanese animation ones. I haven't seen your name in Weathering with you. Um, mm-hmm. They're on my on my list, but I've seen Kiki's del- delivery service a number of times. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, everything on here is 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 an excellent pick from both of you. Um, I uh, I am a little surprised that Cha Cha Real Smooth didn't make either list. I know that uh, Cooper Rafe did make an appearance on on list B. 
Um, yeah, I guess since since you know whose list is whose, we can just openly answer our thought yeah. process behind this. I had to choose. I didn't want to put both Cooper Rafe movies mm. on my list, so I had to choose between the two, and I prefer Shit House. Ty feels the same. Yeah, way, okay. with Shit, Shit House is the choice of those two. Yeah, I love uh, I love Shit House. I every one through ten. I mean, honestly, every movie on my list, including the honorable mentions, I like more than Shit House. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Fair. All right um okay well i guess in in that case um maybe ty talk to me a bit about moonrise kingdom so have you have you seen this yeah i've yeah i've seen so i before you sent me the list the only ones i hadn't seen were little women and eighth grade and i did knock those two out um since uh receiving the list so oh okay we'll we'll save your thoughts on thank you we want to hear your thoughts on little women we'll save that (laughs) until until later um but uh yeah moonrise kingdom it's kind of like where it's like that coming of age movie where the kids are aggressively trying to come of age way faster than they need to and it's Mm -hmm. they're learning that i guess the lesson would be you know don't grow up so fast and kind of learn to appreciate what you have in the moment kind of thing. And it's also really, I think it's a really grounded love story. And that's not really something you can say for any using the word grounded to describe a Wes Anderson movie is just strange. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really love the love story in this. Also Lucas Hedges gets his eye stabbed out, which is um, hilarious. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. This is in my top three. Um, And then I picked both of his only two coming of age movies that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you could count Isle of Dogs, but um, but yeah, I love Moonrise Kingdom. I think that love story and the kids like aggressively trying to grow up and then learning to not grow up so fast is is really good. Right. Okay. Uh, Danny, so talk to me about Hunt for the Wilder People. God, it's the most charming movie of all time. It's it's Taika Waititi at his absolute best. We've talked a lot on this show about how much we love Taika and how we're kind of bummed at his career trajectory at the moment mm-hmm. because like Thor: Love and Thunder was he was doing too much. Mm-hmm. Like he just tried to not his fault, like, not his he, fault. But he yeah. tried to Taika a little too close to the sun. I think with that <laughs> movie and it just like really didn't work. And so we. We talked about it recently on an episode that might come out in like August. Who knows at this point with our <laughs> ridiculous recording schedule. Um, but Taika is at his best when he has a while to work on his movie. And it's more of like an indie low pressure movie where he kind of just has the freedom to do what he wants with it. And mm-hmm. like this is the peak uh, of that, of what we love out of Taika. It's just charming and funny and genuine and sweet and like sam neil is at his best Mm. in this movie he's just so good at grumpy grandpa in the woods like he's just really excellent at it julian dennison is so funny um you get to see the beautiful wilds of new zealand uh you get this like funny little kid who wants to be a gangster and also loves writing haikus it's just (laughs) this movie is so like full to bursting with charm and i i love it so much mm-hmm. cool 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 okay um so ty uh you've got you've got ferris bueller's day off and you've got the breakfast club on here um talk to me about john hughes a little bit what uh what's your take now in the year 2023 on on john hughes and his writing and filmmaking stuff I, I mean i think there's i mean definitely a lot of stuff that does not hold up 
uh, Weird Science, uh, Pretty in Pink. Like, most of his stuff does not hold up. But I think out of the two movies that probably his two best movies, I think these hold up the best. Uh, but there is, I mean, there's, he doesn't really make anything with, with any kind of malice or anything like that, but it's just kind of, he's a dumb white person that doesn't really understand <laughs> anything outside of suburban Chicago. Um, mm. but I mean, he, re- he makes really good, um, really endearing movies about kids kind of learning to, to live in the world and stuff like that. And I think, everything except ferris bueller i think if you remade it with someone who has a little bit more of a a finger on the pulse of society i think Mm. a a breakfast club remake i think me and daddy have talked about it would be a great remake just make Mm. it with more you know inclusive casting and stuff like that i think it'd be fantastic i think it's it's a kind of a movie where it's like a star is born you can make it like four or five times like every 30 years in different it, it's kind of the same message, even though right, it's yeah. in different time periods. But it's really great. You know, I think it's just classic. Breakfast Club is just a classic. I think if you, you know, surveyed the entire country, I think most people would say Breakfast Club when they you ask them to name a coming of age movie. And then Ferris Bueller. I mean, that's more of a coming of age movie with uh, with um, Cameron, in my opinion, where Ferris is kind mm-hmm. of this like yes. catalyst to like for him to come of age. Right. Um, but yeah, the Ferris Bueller is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then breakfast club, it's just a classic classic. You can't really make a list of this genre without mentioning it. Mm-mm. Okay. Watch me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just, just did it sucker. All right. Uh, Danny, mm-hmm. um, there's some, one thing I, I noticed about your list, uh, little women, lady bird, yeah. book smart, Coda, mm-hmm. Edge of Seventeen, Mean Girls, a um, lot of a uh, l- lot of women um, as as central characters there. Uh, yeah, t- talk to me about that a little bit because I, um, I I've got five little sisters, so that uh, that that speaks to me quite a bit. Yeah, there there are ten billion coming of age movies about um, like young boys that are like learning how to be decent people for once mostly sports movies like, too which like <laughs> which, yeah, that, like a lot of sports movies which is like great but uh when you make the the central character a woman you get so much more varied and interesting stories i think with a lot of these coming of age stories mm-hmm. rather than just like hey quit being just the worst person and start treating people decently mm-hmm. um you you get so such a broader range of of emotions and uh, emotional maturity that you just don't really get with like teenage boys uh, in movies like this. I think. Yeah, cool. Cool. Okay. Um, God, I'm still like, I'm, I'm right in the middle with you two. <laughs> like I, like this is like, I thought like, you thought you I, would... I thought I had it decided <laughs> yeah. so many times over the last couple of days. Um, so I'm okay. I'm going to have each of you d- defend your number one to me. Like okay. why, why is specifically why is your number one better than the other person's number one? Why is it uh, why is it the one coming of age movie that needs to be seen over the other one? The, Either of you can start. This is tough because you're, you're gonna yeah, pick Greta versus Greta. What yeah. are you doing, Ron? Yeah, Sersha versus Sersha. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'll go first. I mean, Lady Bird. That it's an extremely personal movie to me. I think it is the quintessential. Um, coming of age movie, I think it, you know, it is 
probably the greatest, like, if you, you know, Little Women contains multitudes. I agree that it's a coming-of-age movie, but it contains so much more than coming-of-age. But, like, Lady Bird, it's literally about this young woman becoming an adult, and it's perfect casting, perfect script, perfect direction. Um, I, like, if I were ranking Greta Gerwig movies, I mean, it would literally be 1A, 1B, Lady Bird, Little Woman. Like, it would not be 1 and 2 because they're both perfect films. Um, Little Women might be the best movie that came out in 2019, which is the greatest movie year of all time. Um, but Lady Bird... Certified rankings yeah, opinion. But Lady Bird is just... When you're talking about coming-of-age movies, it is the perfect coming-of-age movie. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, but I am coming... I'm very biased because it's a very personal movie for me. It's something that has never, since I started my letterbox account, has never come out of my top four which is just an ever-changing, rotating door of, you know, Social Network, Lady Bird, Days Confused, Top Gun Maverick, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, it's just rotating door. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Lady Bird is far superior. I think it's more personal because it's, it's Greta Gerwig's story. She's from Sacramento. She grew up in that environment. I think there's a little bit more heart in it. Um, then Little Women, which, God, that hurts me so much to say, but, like, <laughs> I just think there's a little bit more in it. You can feel that, especially in her directing, the way she talks about Sacramento and, and moving and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's my argument, I guess. Yeah, this is tough for me because if you're – when you look at these two movies specifically through the lens of coming-of-age, Lady Bird is more of a coming-of-age movie mm -hmm. because that is literally the entire point and plot of the movie is you're following this one character as she grows up and as she learns who she is and how she like interacts with the environment around her and what the environment around her means and her friends mean and her family means to her. Um, and so, like, the whole point of Lady Bird is that the main character is coming of age. Um, I, Little Women is also very much coming of age. I think it's just a better movie, which is why it's my number one. Because I, I <clears throat> like, yes, Lady Bird is more personal to Greta Gerwig and more central around this one specific character that is kind of the Greta Gerwig avatar. Mm -hmm. Um Little Women is about this entire family as it grows up and as it comes of age in this large, this group of sisters and this kind of loving family that goes through difficult times together. And it's just the, the emotions that this family makes you feel are such a different range and gamut of emotions that you feel when you watch Lady Bird because, like, you're able to put yourselves in the position of just this main character in Lady Bird as she grows up where in little women you're invited into this family to be a part of their family rather than seeing things through the eyes of one character. So it feels like just, it's it's different way to experience these movies. Um, and so it's just, are, are, am I coming of age as one person or is, am I coming of age as part of this family that's all growing up together? So I guess it's just two, two different coming of age experiences. But for me, it's just, I just think little women is a better movie, which <laughs> is why it's my number one and lady birds, my three. Okay. All right. Um, I guess I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read off my list, and then um, then we'll then I'll I'll use that to help me make a decision. Um, so uh, I know this is supposed to be top ten, um, but uh, I have top ten. I have honorable mentions, and then on top of that, I have 
almost honorable mentions. Um, I'm just going to nice. name. So, okay, I will say anyone listening to this that hasn't seen any of the movies that have already been talked about, please go out of your way to see them because I think they're all excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And that is what I'm, I'm going to throw out some, some movies that I think I'm not going to talk about them, but just go see them because they almost made my list. So I'm talking about Brave, uh, The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Clueless, oh, yeah. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, Pride and Prejudice, The yes. Princess Diaries, Superbad, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie, Whoa. To Kill a Mockingbird, and Tommy Boy. So, <laughs> oh, Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I think, For some uh, reason, never Tommy Boy is a coming of age movie. Never crossed my yeah. mind, but it super is. What a yeah. fun! Pick. So we have three. There's three different Saoirse Ronan movies on each list. Right. So Saoirse Ronan, yeah. the greatest coming of age actress or actor yeah. of all yes. time. Yeah, yes. I she's. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about her in a second. <laughs> Wait, hold um, on a second. Hold on a second. Time out. If Tommy Boy is a coming of age movie, which which it is. Mm-hmm. Is Billy Madison a coming of age? Movie? I, I, I was a little surprised not to see Billy Madison. Oh my god! It never crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah. What the see, heck? Billy Madison should be on my list. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's it's so universal, especially like to our you know to our culture to our society. Like, adolescence is is a relatively new thing. Like, you go back a yeah. hundred years ago, and it almost didn't exist yeah. like you know mm-hmm. you went to school till you were 13 and for a lot of people then they just went and like worked on the farm or whatever and then yeah. they got married to like 18 and started having kids like so the whole idea that we go through of you know like being a teen and then like trying to find yourself in your 20s and and you know a lot of people myself included go through a little bit of arrest development i just turned 39 and i'm still trying to figure <laughs> out what it means to be an adult so, um i've i've had the conversation with i'm, I'm the oldest of seven kids and uh, I, I've had the conversation a lot with my younger sisters about how the period between being like 14, 15 through like 24 is is a super weird time because yeah, you're simultaneously yeah. expected to be more of an adult than you've ever been, but also like still a kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you get new responsibilities heaped on you, but at the same time, like you don't always get taken seriously. And it's you know you're never really sure like when the appropriate time for one or the other is it's super awkward and that's why all these stories hit the way that they do um and like ty how you were saying there's like coming of age movies but then there's also like sci-fi movies fantasy movies horror movies whatever that have coming of age elements and that's why like you know we could each do a top 50 list we could all have 50 different movies yeah. and even still there would be a hundred movies that didn't make the cut um, it's really, I mean, so that's, coming of age is really the hero's journey. It's like, it's a trope yeah, that is just, those, yeah. it's just, you know, instead of accomplishing like a mission, you're like finding yourself. And like you said, that's right. a fairly new concept in any medium, like yeah. relatively new concept. Yeah. So Man, my mind uh, is just, I, I cannot <laughs> stop thinking about how Billy Madison is really just an excellent coming of age movie and why the hell is it not on my list? <laughs> All right, so I, maybe when you do the sequel yeah. episode. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, okay, so my, my actual honorable mentions are um, – I kind of did, like, serieses. Okay. Um, nice. So uh, they're all ones that, yeah, on their own are not necessarily coming-of-age things, but they definitely have coming-of-age tropes with them, and that is the Harry Potter series. Yep. yep. Uh, Star Wars. My, my Star Wars is the original trilogy, but – the the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy and rebels like a lot of oh. other star wars content coming of age stuff you know um Definitely. is a very very um key part of of those stories 
uh, and then and Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is uh, one of my. It's so I have two favorite movies, and one of them is Lord of the Rings. I consider it all one movie. Like it means so much to me. I've got a Tree of Gondor tattoo on my arm. Um, I think even though Aragorn and the Hobbits are technically adults. I, I think that a lot of what they go through, particularly like internally, is very, very relevant to to people as they go from, you know, like a young person to an adult. Yeah. I, um, and yeah. I think that's why they resonate so much. I propose that it they technically that fits into the age limit rule that I had because Hobbits and like Aragorn's like what, like like 200 he's like 84 yeah. or something like like that. they live like, yeah. so long that like relatively they are still pretty right. young so they are coming right. of age even though yeah. frodo's like 50 what do you like start yeah the exactly guy? yes yeah. yeah yeah so okay so my actual top 10 um number 10 is a movie from the early 90s called a bronx tale of either of you guys heard of this i've not um mm. it's uh it's directed by robert de niro he stars in it um he's the dad of the central character and it's basically uh, a kid growing up in New York, and when he's a kid, he kind of like helps out a mobster dude, and then it's about his life growing up in the shadow of like the the gangsters next door, um, and the choices that he makes to you know to to coincide with that basically. Um, so it's kind of okay. like the Godfather, Goodfellas. but like a little, yeah, sort of, yeah. It's, yeah. So you just described good. Is yeah. Goodfellas a coming of age movie? <laughs> that one might be a little bit more of a reach. Yeah, but, name uh, the yeah. lesson anyone learned in Goodfellas. Yeah, <laughs> Prime actually does pay. Back. That's what uh, that's what Goodfellas' message is. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot more family oriented though. It's you know like there's there's more of a a a, a moral lesson to be learned from from a Bronx gotcha. tale. Um, uh, my number nine is one that's on one of your lists, uh, The Way, Way Back. Yes. Um, nice. That Excellent one, uh, I'm I'm not going to say too much about it because I've been pushing for one of our friends' podcasts to cover it and to have me on as a guest. <laughs> but um, I will say, one, Sam Rockwell is amazing yes. in that movie. And uh, there's Steve Carell really really gets under my skin in 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 that movie and the way that he interacts with the kid uh with the central kid is like like i was that kid from time to time like i lived with a version of steve carell's you know uh character in that movie so a lot of it like really really hits home and i can um i know a lot of other people identify with with that particular story Um, it's kind of crazy that that movie came out a year after the office ended. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I know he wasn't on Steve Carell wasn't on the last like two seasons, but like he mm-hmm. was still a pretty, like he was just known as Michael Scott. And then he made this movie right. where like he goes from everybody loves him to like this character. where like, Oh, he's like a dick. He sucks. Yeah. yeah. And you buy it too. Yeah. It's not like a caricature. He's yeah. like, he's really selling it. Yeah. And yeah, that's, like he, him and Sam Rockwell, like even though it's a, the the movie is about a kid, it's the two of them being the the male role models in this kid's life are really what sells the story of. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Tony Collette. Tony Collette's fantastic. So good. Too. Yeah. Um, my number eight is Goodwill Hunting. Ooh. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, that's another. You know, I mean, yeah, they are. Uh, Will and the other characters are a little bit older than than your typical coming of age story, but I think that also speaks to um you know the the arrested development i was i was speaking about 
um, before, mm-hmm. you know, like certain certain people because of their um, their circumstances, it, it takes them a little bit longer. And uh, uh, also like the the central focus on on the therapy with Robin Williams and, and the mental health aspect of it um, that yeah. uh, I, I really appreciate. Uh, That's a great pick. I never considered. Ha- I really love ha- that. Have you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Goodwill Hunting to <laughs> Hunting. Season. Yes. Yeah. It's, if anyone, yeah, you don't have to bit. watch that movie because the movie as <laughs> yeah. a whole kind of sucks. But just yeah. look up Goodwill Hunting to the Hunting Season. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very. Very good bit. Probably the, the probably the best part of uh, of that whole movie. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is a bit of a nostalgia one, but it's it's just one that like uh, reminds me of like childhood friends and um, and how you know you have friends when you're a kid and like you you may move apart from that, but it still holds that place and like um, it's something that you think about often, even as an adult, even like regardless of how far removed from it you get. And that's Stand by Me. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Pick. That's oh my god! I forgot about <laughs> yeah, Stand by right, Me. So that's it's... that's about thirty six minutes and forty oh. seconds of the judging portion. Dang it! Yeah. I have to bleep that. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I love I love the Goonies. You got I I did a whole episode of movie mixtape with Dirk and Marcy on the Goonies. Um, Stand by Me is kind of kind of like 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 the uh, the black sheep cousin of 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 the Goonies. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I I really really dig it. Uh, number six. Um, you know, like coming of age stuff tends to be about, you know, like becoming who you're going to be. Um, but depending on who you are, where you grew up, who your family is, whatever, what your circumstances are, you're not always allowed to grow into the person that you really are comfortably. And my number six is Moonlight. Um, because I think more than any other movie that really, uh, illustrates how difficult it can be for, for certain people to, to find themselves, um, when there's a lot of, uh, of things stacked against that. Yeah. Uh, the, the absolute king of, wow, you are incredible. And I hope I never have to watch you again. (laughs) Like that and Manchester by the sea are just holding hands in the number one spot. (laughs) Um, my number five is another bit of a nostalgia one. Um, I mentioned it in, so, you know, I hadn't seen eighth grade and, um, because it was on, I I believe it was on Ty's list. Um, I, I checked that out yesterday and that gave me such anxiety, um, because I, I can't fathom grow, you know, I didn't grow up with, I didn't even have a cell phone until I was a senior in high school. Um, like, so I can't imagine social media and all that stuff. I can't imagine being, a kid oh God, today. it would have been a nightmare. So, yeah. Um, but when I was growing up, the one thing that did get me through high school was another movie about kids growing up too fast, and that's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, uh, yeah. That uh, Amy Heckerling, I mentioned her, uh, she also directed Clueless. Um, and uh, I, I think she does such a good job of balancing the humor and the drama and – um and in particular like like really showing how how quickly kids kids grow up um how uh certain like small little moments have huge impacts and all you know and just how quickly innocence can be lost um 
So yeah, that's that's been a favorite of mine for a long time. Uh, my number four is one that um, uh, we've talked about on Real Latinos. Uh, it's the movie that got Alfonso Cuarón the gig directing a Harry Potter movie. It's Itumama Tambien. Um, it uh, nice. when uh, Danny, when you were talking about Little Women a, a second ago, and you were talking about how it's not. It's as much about a whole family coming of age together as it is, um, you know, like one central character. That's mm-hmm. kind of how Itumama Tambien is, um, because it's it's a story of two teenagers, uh, a twenty-something-year-old woman, and also really in the entire country of Mexico um, transitioning from one stage of life to the next, and. A lot of it, I, I saw it when it first came out, I was 19 and a lot of it really hit home for me. And then I didn't watch it again until last summer when we covered it for the show. And it hit home for me for so many different reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful film um, that everybody should, uh, should give it a shot. Um, if you're not a native Spanish speaker, uh, you may want to slow it down a little bit. Cause even with the subtitles, they go really rapid fire. Uh, but I, I do think it's, uh, it, it's worth checking out. Um, nice. my number three, uh, Ty mentioned several other movies in this franchise and his honorable mentions. Um, I was 18 years old when the first Spider-Man movie came out. I was just about to get out of high school. My best friend Joel and I, uh, skipped school and saw it three times in the theater on opening day. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's a good thing we liked it, uh, cause we bought the tickets in advance. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Could you imagine if y'all hated it? If it was like Green Lantern that y'all inside, like, right, oh, yeah, we got two more tickets. We gotta get see it two more times. Yeah, but um, whether it's Peter Parker or Miles Morales or even Gwen Stacy, if you're a Spider Gwen fan, which I am, um, I think like Spider Man. Spider Man is is all about who he is under the mask and the life that he lives outside of superheroing. Yeah, um, and uh, they. Sam Raimi did a really, really good job of of balancing that and making it more about like you know the heart of the person um, with the powers rather than you know just all the um, like you know the the fights and the special effects and stuff. Yeah. Uh, number two, I know you guys shied away from animated films, especially Disney movies, um, uh, but this one is a movie I I don't often get emotional. My my co-hosts uh, rag on me quite a bit uh, because of uh, how um, how much ice water is coursing through my veins. Um, there is one thing that consistently gets me, uh, and that is Hans Zimmer's score while Simba ascends Pride Rock at the end of The Lion King. Yeah, um, yeah. There's like. It, it, it's a movie that like it's so simple and but even now like i said i'm almost 40 and there are things in that movie that are so resonant today um for me that like you know the, the relationship with with my father and and like you know the legacy of you know like you know your your parents your grandparents all that stuff and just like you know finding your own your own courage to face you know whatever life throws at you um yeah, that's like I was honestly surprised that it's so high on my list, but when I was organizing it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, Lion Lion King Lion King gets me. You are talking uh, about the remake, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, obviously, yeah, for Kev. Yeah. For Lion yeah, King. just just yeah. because I want Kev to go off. Those soulless uh, eyes John just really get to you every time you watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We might have to do an animated coming of age movies episode at one point because there are just like a billion of them. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like I said, I mean, yeah, you could do two, three, four sequel episodes to this, or do it, yeah, just yeah. like just fantasy movies, just horror movies, like whatever. <laughs> like it's you know, it's universal, just dramas, well, just I'm, comedies. Whatever. I'm actually pretty busy the week that we we're gonna do a horror. Coming <laughs> in. I mean, a yeah, horror coming in. Yeah. Actually, yeah. really. I've got a lot going. On, that work yeah. stuff. You know what I mean. Yeah, you don't want to talk about whether it or hereditary is a better coming. I just uh, it's not that I don't <laughs> want ex- to. Don't forget about so the exorcist. Danny loves the exorcist. Yeah. Oh yeah, just uh, so <laughs> busy. That that little it. girl really really grows a lot. You know? <laughs> In many ways. <laughs> God, I hate that movie. <laughs> All right, so um, my number one movie is a movie that made one of your lists. Um, and it is my favorite movie of all time. It came out when I was 16 years old, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. When people asked me what I was going to do after school, I I didn't have anything to, to say to them. Um, the only thing that I could think was a possibility for me was playing guitar and touring the country and the world in a rock band. And Almost Famous speaks to me on on such a, a visceral level um both in the central character of of william miller played by patrick fugit uh mm-hmm. cameron crowe who wrote and directed it he also wrote fast times at Ridgemont high um a, a lot of the movie is based on his experiences he he really like uh, conned rolling stone into sending him as a teenager out on tour with a bunch of bands um <laughs> So much of the movie, like to the point where um, when he when he first made it, there's a scene towards the end where he happens to run into his sister at an airport because she was a flight attendant. And people are like, oh, you should cut that out. And he's like, that really happened. Like, I was really just like sitting there down <laughs> on my luck and my sister just happened to walk by. Um, he put so much of himself in into the movie. Uh, but then also like Kate Hudson's Penny Lane. Um, I yeah. think people tend to dismiss the way that her her characters handled. But. I actually think it's really nuanced and poignant um, acted and written role. Uh, yeah. And then also to the, the band, um, the band going through growing pains and kind of figure out, you know, what, um, you know, like what they're doing and what they want their lives to be about, like together and, you know, um, and as individuals. And then on top of all that, you've got Francis McDormand as, as the mom, um, one of the so best good. moms in, in movie history. Um, yeah, I, I love that movie so much. I was so happy. Like, I know you guys are both big fans of it. I was so happy yeah. to see it on uh, at least one of your lists, especially so high. Um, mm-hmm. And now I, I don't know. Like, I'm still, I don't really know. Like, I want to pick both of them. Like, I want to, like, there's so Too many bad, good dude. picks. There, you have one rule. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll let you, I'll give you, I, I have a question, so I'll give you a little bit more yeah. time to deliberate. But uh, have you ever, either of y'all seen that Daisy Jones show, Daisy Jones and the Six uh, or whatever on Amazon? I, I haven't yet. It's on my list. I get big, yeah, almost famous vibes from it. Yeah, so that's, I was wondering, that's, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if how similar it is, because it's like based on a book or something like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've been too busy plowing through Ted Lasso, but... Um, that's, yeah. yeah, you have. <laughs> no, yeah, that's priority number one. Yeah. So, um, all right. I've been watching Star Trek shows, so... That's oh, have you seen one. Lower Deck yet? No. Oh, my God. I watched God. Strange New Worlds, and it absolutely rips. Dude, Lower Deck, it's it's like a like adult animation comedy. It is yeah. honestly the best, like, some of the best Star Trek content I've ever yeah. seen. Heck yeah! Yeah, it's like it's like Family Guy Star Trek, but like super well written. Yeah, and it's like yeah. what Orville. Awesome. Did you ever watch Orville? The Seth. Yeah, Mc- it's like what bit. Orville wants to be. Yeah, 
Yeah, right. yeah, that's a very good way of cool. putting it. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Um, I guess I gotta just. Uh, you know, I I think it's gonna come down to to just your argument about um, about Ladybird versus versus Little Women, and they're both phenomenal. Um, the uh, the way they're written, the way they're directed, all the performances and stuff. I guess I'm gonna give a slight edge to the fact that one of them has been done over and over and over again. And yet it still managed to be fresh. So because of that, I'm going to give the edge and the win to List B. Mm! Yes, dude. That oh, feels good. It feels good. <laughs> I I don't know if I uh, if that's the first win I've had in a while because of our weird recording schedule, but it feels <laughs> like I'm on a cold streak. Pretty sure so. you won the last time we recorded. Did I? Yeah. yeah, like two days ago. Like the last like, the last like regular <laughs> yeah. episode we recorded, yeah. or the last like ahead of time schedule. Like recorded? the last regular episode. Uh, <laughs> listen, every time I win, it feels like the first time, and it feels just as sweet. You know what I mean? You never know. It's still early in the season. You never know which way it, it feels, could go. But it feels, um, dude, it's late in the season. We only have two months left. <laughs> We're only doing six month seasons. How? What are we gonna do if Ty loses? Do we just have to wait two yep. months before his punishment yes. episode comes out? Because I'm not yeah, using so. one of my one day off a week yeah, to record a punishment you. episode. <laughs> you know what sucks though is, is it gives like psychos like Highlander two months to come up with like a terrible punishment for you. <laughs> it's gonna be really rough if you lose. I kind of hope you pull it off. Uh, wow, I thought you, I thought Ron. I was made, gonna pull it out. Choice. The way you described almost famous, you know, Cameron Crowe know, putting himself into the movie. I was like, oh, that's exactly how I described Ladybird. Yeah, it's it's so it's like like I said, both of your lists. There's not there's not a miss on on either one of your lists. Like it was really really close. Like it really uh, Moonri- Moonrise Kingdom. Kind of weird, so. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a Wes Anderson guy. I dig you know I, I I dig all like I said every every single thing you guys had on both of your lists. I I, I really really like so. Um, and I encourage everyone listening to go out and watch whatever they haven't seen yet. Yeah. Nice. Kings of summer is also cool. a really great one that I Ooh, re- Kings of summer is remembered good. like right now. Also no, uh, angels in the outfield, not even on your barely missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, I saw in the discord that you guys said, no, um, you weren't oh, doing okay. uh, sports movies. Yeah. So I was like, all right, so I won't throw out angels in the outfield or the sandlot or mighty ducks or, you know. Even yeah. though I love all those movies too, it's like literally every sports movie that's yeah. not like any given Sunday, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's God's thumbnail. <laughs> uh, it can yeah. happen. God, what a good movie! Uh, thanks, Ron. Thank you for the win. It feels good. Uh, do we have anything else? Or are we ready to move on to emails? We got a few. Yeah, we haven't had I'm emails in a while. Emails. That's something we've missed because we were, were recording ahead of time. Because so recording ahead of time, yeah. Yeah, it feels good to get some emails. Uh, first one is from Jasher from the the seventy millimeter Discord. Nice. Uh, he says so, so stoked that Ron is on the pod again. Some of my favorite coming of age movies are Sing Street. Yeah, agreed. Excellent pick. Uh, Pump up the volume, which I'm nice. not familiar with. Yeah, Christian Slater. That that's a rad movie. Nice. Uh, Booksmart on yep. my list. Love very it. Good, very good. Dead Poet Society just barely missed my list. Really love Dead Poet Society. Uh, and Anne of Green Gables from 1985, which oh, I don't, nice. I don't know, not familiar. Um, he says, "Stay cool, Jasher." Thanks, Jasher. Pump up the Thanks volume was the the first one. Yeah. Gosh, dude. 
Christian Slater just looks like he's planning to murder you every time. His, those <laughs> eyebrows, it's just his eyebrows. Like, if he had different eyebrows, yeah. he'd be fine. But good God, that cover photo on Letterboxes. <laughs> he has such a creepy face. He really sure. does. Um, all right, next one is from Austin Schneider, who got his email in at, like, the very – like, he literally sent me a Discord message saying, hey, I, I sent my list about three minutes before Ron joined the Discord <laughs> nice. call. So, uh, he said, here's my list in order. Number 10 is Project X. Oh, which okay. is wild. <laughs> which is wild. Great Snyder. soundtrack. I mean, that was, like – I guess if you – I don't know how he's viewing it, but if you look at it as, like – this is a great coming-of-age movie that me and my friends went and saw. Mm. Like, you know? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Uh, number nine is Freedom Riders, uh, which I, I think I watched in every English class. Is that the one with Hilary uh, Swank? Oh. Yeah. Is that mm. the one where that a lot in English white classes. lady teaches a bunch of black kids? <laughs> yeah. It's... That they're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That Dangerous Minds uh, Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, number eight is Perks of Being a Wallflower. Okay. Okay. Percy Jackson, um, mm-hmm. the only good uh, Ezra yeah. Ezra Miller movie. <laughs> the only good Ezra Miller movie so far. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I haven't seen The Flash yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently amazing. So who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. Uh, number seven is Gridiron Gang. Is that the oh. one there where the Rocket Exhibit are football yes. coaches? Yeah. Yes, I watched that movie wow. so much when I was a kid. Forgot all about that. Uh, number six is Love Simon, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is really oh, good. Oh, I thought that was a show. I thought that was a Netflix show. I think it's both. I think it's a movie and oh, okay. made a show out of it. Okay. Uh, number five, Edge of Seventeen. Nice. Excellent choice on my list. Nice. One of my favorites. Hey, number four is Dead. Yeah, four is Dead Poet Society. Another mm-hmm. excellent choice. Uh, three is Spectacular Now. Oh, which okay, unfortunately yeah. has Miles Teller. <laughs> but so. but. Yeah, you like Miles Teller now, so like, can you go revisit it? I listen. I don't know that I would say I like Miles Teller now. It's just no longer on site. So like, now you can watch Teller. it with fresh eyes, and you don't have to watch it like with hate. No, because what's the girl's name? That's the the main character, Shailene, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. She she sucks. So <laughs> I'm still out on it, even if you don't think about Miles Teller. Uh, number two is Grind, which I'm not familiar with. Grind skateboard I want, movie? yeah i was gonna say movie, I, I, I remember when that came out but i didn't see it oh I don't think I know anything oh i actually recently saw a tiktok about this this has the biggest disparity like between critic score and audience score it's got eight percent on rotten tomatoes and it's got like 75 percent audience score or something like that right adam brody's in yeah. it. yeah yeah hell yeah i love adam brody um and his number one is secondhand lions Okay. Yeah, with uh, Haley Joel Osment and uh, Michael Caine and Robert Duvall, I believe. I've never heard of that. I haven't seen it. I don't know this one. Uh, I said, I hope I don't have too many of the same ones. Just a couple, but great. Good list. Um, All right. Next one is from our friend Juice in the Discord. Meredith. Um, She said she was very anxious about having sent this this email in. So hopefully it's a good one. Because if not, like might be a rough night for her. I don't think they come of age in, in Canada. (laughs) <laughs> oh so it's just not a thing that happens i think they like they like skip middle school they go to like a tim hortons for like 10 years and then they come out and they're all good wow 
Wow. Uh, she says, hello, everybody. Coming of age was a stressful topic for me because it felt open-ended. And also, I'm bad at movies. Here's my list based on... Isn't she also a middle school I've teacher? Seen. Yeah. Yeah, she she teaches... Seven and also, she's like in it. And sorry, also, like, sorry, both emails seven. she sent in were like, okay, incredible list. <laughs> like, she is, yeah. she is batting a thousand right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions are movies where the main character isn't the coming of age story. Okay. She says, because I'm a rule follower. Okay. So... Uh, remember the titans yeah. which okay. we kind of had an argument about early <laughs> early on uh, i think it's a great pick uh man on fire she says oh. sure dakota fanning spends half the movie kidnapped but she definitely grows up a lot that movie is hmm. awesome danny you'd hate it it is like three hours long but it is <laughs> so good denzel washington is so good in that. So. uh and the last one is the great debaters which i also haven't seen not familiar with that one is denzel washington in that one too yeah, because she says there's another theme there. Did you catch it? It's all Tunzel movies. Oh, no kidding. I was just rules. making a joke. I had no idea. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, rules. Uh, all right. On to her list. Her number 10 is Legally Blonde. Ooh. She said this may be stretching, nice. okay. but this movie is great. I love yeah, this pick. That yeah, yeah. that's is great. Excellent yeah. pick. Such a funny movie. Uh, nine is Anastasia. She said this okay. is completely a nostalgia pick. Um, eight is Cha Cha Real Smooth. She said, Heck I'm yeah. putting this at number eight to counteract the recency bias. It should probably be higher. Love this pick. Yeah. I I had to choose between Cha Cha and Shit House, and I went Shit House, but I would have been more than happy to have Cha Cha Real Smooth on my list. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, seven is The Breakfast Club, which yeah. you talked about. It's a mm-hmm. great choice. Six is The Hunger Games, which is interesting. Okay. It's yeah. definitely, definitely coming of age. I, I don't know that it's primarily coming of age as like the primary genre of it but it definitely is a coming of age movie and she loves the hunger games we've been Mm -hmm. talking because uh she is one of our patrons and so we Mm -hmm. uh one of the things our patrons get to do is pick a topic for us and she was kind of bouncing between a few ideas and one of her ideas was the hunger games that i think we might actually uh roll with at some point because we had a we had a pretty cool idea get ready for two hours Um, of danny talking about how much he hates jennifer lawrence (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring uh, it up. God. Yeah, I, I, I still can't explain. We don't it. got that ki- kind of time, Ty. We don't. I, st- I still can't explain it. I just she sucks. Uh, her number five is Slumdog Millionaire, oh. which I love. I think that's a great yeah. pick. I have no, I don't think and I've seen really that excellent. since it came out. It's been a minute since I've seen it too, but I it, it's great and it's a definitely a coming of age movie. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's kind of Dev Patel's like thing. Like he, I think he does a lot of coming of age yeah. stuff, and he does them really well. Like Lion, like I would argue that um, uh, what's uh, the Green Knight? Oh yeah, like I would argue can kind of mm-hmm. be fall into the coming of age category. Yeah. He also started like sense. his his like big breakout was on a on a British show called Skins, which is right, kind yeah. of like Degrassi but on steroids. Like dealing <laughs> yeah. with like crazy stuff, and he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, her number four is Moonlight, Oof, which nice. I already talked yeah. about. Excellent movie, uh, excellent pick. Number three is Brooklyn, nice. which you also mentioned. Nice. Uh, she said, "I considered naming my very non-Irish baby Ellis because I loved this movie so much." <laughs> so we did a Wisdom episode on this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys did. Yeah, this is good. Uh, number two is Easy A, which we also talked mm-hmm. about. is an excellent pick. So she said, I think Emma Stone is amazing, and this may be one of her best performances. Agree. Hard agree. Yeah, spoiler for so. both of our lists when we rank fictional parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be very high at the top. Yeah, I we talked about it. If, if Mean Girls wasn't on my list, then Easy A probably would have been mm. in that 10 spot. Uh, and her number one, 
which I guess I've never thought about as a coming of age movie is about time. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I could see I, that. inspired pick. Yeah. She said, this is a perfect movie. No notes. Agreed. Yeah, we talked about perfect. about time, like a stupid amount, how much we both love this movie. I've never thought about it as a coming of age movie, but it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Cause um, I think about it so much as father and son and then yeah, rom-com, right. I guess. And then sci-fi, yeah. I guess I've never even considered coming of age. Yeah, yeah. But, but it definitely yeah. it definitely fits. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like reconciling with like mistakes that you've made. There's you know there's mm-hmm. stuff about dealing with loss and like choices and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Inspired yeah. pick. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. God, what a good pick. Uh, she says, as always, thanks for making a podcast that makes me laugh every week in the Discord community that is putting up with me, Meredith, aka Juice. It's, it's so annoying because that's great. She it's a killer <laughs> list, and she keeps on every time she sends an email, she's like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if if this is any good." They're all great, yeah. Juice. Juice, just because the Astros destroyed the Jays, you know, <laughs> twice in a series, doesn't mean you have to just self degrade yourself like this. Come on, you got a great list. Juice, are you mad at us because Marcus Simeon is killing it for the Rangers right now and he's not on the Blue Jays anymore? Is there just like a beef here that I don't know about? Is that what's happening? Uh, yeah, Juice, this is uh, your every email makes Ty and I both look stupid uh, because they're also hey, you got so a great Marcus Simeon, Simeon uh, shout out though. That was yeah. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, I of... never would have bet on that. <laughs> I'm prepared to see a lot of Joey Bats images in the Discord now after she hears this. So. Dude, if she does that, I'm gonna start posting Rudnetto door images. It's fine. I've got the we got the perfect counter to any Joey Bats stuff. It does not matter. Um, last email is from one of our best friends, one of the funniest people in the entire world. It's Mackenzie Wilkes. Heck yeah, of the Austin Danger podcast. Uh, she says, hello, Rank Kings and Ron. So excited to hear this episode, one of the most iconic and resonant film genres possibly ever made. Ron posted in the VHS Village to send in lists, and I was just really compelled to send one in, so here it goes. I want to say, for me, a coming-of-age film doesn't have to just be teenagers figuring adulthood out. I think there's many different times in one's life where they come of age, and I love exploring all the different facets of what growing up means, which you'll see on my list. Uh, her number 10 is Spider-Man. Heck yeah. Which is a common yes. one for this episode. It's a great pick. Peter Parker is one of the more perfect examples of a superhero coming-of-age story in the best ways, and Raimi's slash Maguire's take on him is my personal favorite. I love how Raimi's Peter is always feeling the weight of growing up and the responsibilities that come from this transitional period in a young person's life, all while having to balance the great power and responsibility he's been granted by fate. Uh, and number nine is The Goonies. Yes. From 1985, mm-hmm. also on Ty's list. Uh, this is this one is probably one of the bigger stretches on my list, but I love it. These kids go on the epic adventure of a lifetime and learn how to take care of each other and stick it to the adults. Uh, and though it's not as typical of a coming of age story, I think it still works, which I agree. We we talked about that too, how it's probably more of an adventure story, but mm. it's still at its core coming of age. So I, th- yeah. I definitely think it. Fits. I'm gonna mention it again. How insane is it that uh, that um, sloth just gets adopted? by a family right? no questions <laughs> asked yeah. like out of nowhere yeah. it is so insane <laughs> absolutely wild uh her number eight is blue velvet from 1986 <laughs> she said i always say i always say this is david lynch's wizard of oz the story of someone who wants so badly to grow up and be seen as an adult only to realize that what she wanted was the safety and happiness you already had 
We see McLaughlin's Jeffrey Beaumont be forced to grow up quicker than he's ever imagined as he's plunged into the dark abyss of his hometown and the whirlpool of Dorothy Vallon's life. Uh, I think it's a darker take on a coming of age, but a coming of age nonetheless. She's she's so good. I need to watch. These are all so well written that it's like embarrassing that it's coming after this garbage that time I just spewed (laughs) for two hours. I need for real. Mackenzie Mackenzie's amazing, and everyone should go listen to Austin Danger Pod and the Criterion Connection. Yes. Her and Kev are just uh, the most incredible podcasting duo of all time. Uh, her number seven is The Worst Person in the World. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. That's she said, one. I think that as I'm approaching 30, this genre of coming uh, coming up to your 30s films obviously resonates with me more than the typical teenage coming of age films. Uh, one of the loveliest films of the decade so far that really effectively talks about this transitional period uh, from uh, not only from your 20s to your 30s, but from your 30s to your 40s, and having to face mortality at a young age, and then mm-hmm. growing up that comes from realizing your time on this earth is shorter than you anticipated. Beautiful film. I'm still pissed about uh, this not winning best international film. The the 2022 mm-hmm. Oscars. What was it? Drive my car that won that year. Uh, yeah, yes. I don't remember. I, I don't truly, remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But it wasn't this. If only there were an Oscar podcast. <laughs> don't get me started, Danny. I'm still waiting for my email to be answered. Uh, Ty's forgotten that email password. I, probably, I think I forgot the password to get into that Gmail account. <laughs> uh her number six is rushmore yes cool so this is uh wes anderson that i've revisited lately and loved it way more the second time around i think it's coming of age for not only jason schwartzman's character but also for bill murray's but in unexpected ways in both cases these people aren't acting their age and schwartzman must learn how to accept being a kid while murray needs to grow up their feud and eventual friendship gives them the path to finally act their own ages to wonderful effect. A sweet film about thinking you have adulthood figured out, realizing you don't, but then having the safety of learning no one really does. Heck yeah. God. Love it. This is getting on my nerves how good she is at this. <laughs> um, her number five and four she combined is Moonlight from 2016 mm-hmm. and But I'm a Cheerleader from 1999. Yeah. Yes. She said, this is my queer coming of age double feature. When you're a queer kid, there's an entirely new aspect of becoming an adult that oftentimes no one in your life can really explain to you. The shame, the fear, the doubt that stems from realizing you're queer when you're young and trying to become an adult while grappling with all those things are both present and uh, these movies in unique ways. Moonlight deals with it in a more dramatic way. I think it's a perfect film, breathtaking, and because I'm a cheerleader, deals with it with humor and heart. Mm-hmm. Both of them are needed, and both of them are some of my favorite queer films ever made. When you find yourself on the other side, a queer adult, it's such a thing of beauty, and oftentimes not every queer kid makes it to their queer adulthood, so films like this are very important to me. Mm-hmm. Excellent picks. Uh, number three is Mermaids from 1990. <laughs> right on. She said, this is a lesser-known film, but one I grew up loving. This might be my most quintessential, typical coming-of-age film on my list, save for my number one, as it's actively dealing with a young girl coming into her young womanhood, all while having a complicated relationship with her mother and exploring her burgeoning sexuality and attraction to boys. I always related to this film growing up, feeling like as a teen you have to be the grown-up in your relationship with your sole parent. So this is one that has always resonated with me. I don't know this movie. What a cast. Cher, Winona Ryder, Christina Ricci. Christina mm-hmm. Rich, Richie, Richie, Bob Richie. Hoskins. What a cast. Wow. Yeah, I don't know this one. Um, all right. Uh, her number two is Harold and Maude. <laughs> nice. 
This film has recently become my favorite film against all odds. I'm including it here because the film boils down to, for me, a young man who through great love in his life not only figures out how to truly love life, but growing up in all of the pain, joy, and hardships that come with that. I love this movie more than words can say. It's about getting through times you feel like you won't live through, but you do. You grow up, you learn, you keep going, and you go and you love some more. Uh, I don't know this one either. The, is this the one where the kid falls in love with the older lady? Yeah, he's like 17 and she's like in her 80s or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, fan, really, really, really great, fantastic film. Um, and so I mentioned Itamama Tambien. Like, it was a real, real big inspiration for Alfonso Caron to, to do that one, too. So Sweet. Okay. I'll add it to the watch list. Yeah. Uh, and her number one is a movie that we've talked about a whole lot on this episode. It's Lady Yes, Bird. let's nice. go. 2017. She said, I would be very shocked if this film doesn't show up on one of y'all's lists. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Real high adultery. Uh, Greta's Little Women is also an amazing coming-of-age film, but this is the one for me. I have an overly long letterbox review for this film, but I'll be short and just say this is one of the films that is closest to my heart than any other. Um, so much of it is exactly my high school experience and Lori Metcalf's performance, especially when she's driving away mm -hmm. from the airport, reverberates down to my very core and lives so deeply in my heart. I love this movie, and for me, it's the greatest coming-of-age film ever made. Agreed. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Excellent list. Uh, she, she ends it out. Sorry if I wrote too much, but I hope you enjoy this list. Never. I cannot wait to listen to this episode. Sending all my love, Mackenzie Wilkes. That was perfect. Yeah. Was so Thanks, cool, Mackenzie. I changed my mind. I picked Mackenzie's yeah. list. Yeah, honestly, me too. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about this show is that like half of the emails ever sent in and every judge list that has ever been uh read out is better than mine and ty's <laughs> lists so <laughs> that's another reason we had to add this sorry but you have to pick one of our lists is the winner rule otherwise we'd never win anything yeah it would just be the guest clearing up so thank you for oh the emails gosh. everybody's really well y'all really boom well has ladybird at one and a half stars Boom. What's going on here? I don't speechless. She's in Jamaica. She I, can't hear you. <laughs> I was looking through the little women reviews and the only person I follow in Letterboxd, I have like 60 people. I think that follow that have seen little women. The only person who has it less than four stars is Proto. Yeah. Yeah. He Proto. gave it three. I think I will like, I know one of his problems with it was the, um, that it bounces back and forth in time, which, um, I, I will say, like, kind of, it didn't bother me, but um, it was mm -hmm. strange. But that's just because I'm so used to, like, all the previous iterations of it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. He also, he's, like, it's famously it's loves the 94 version. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that this one, it, uh, it modernizes it in some key ways that that i think that's that's really what what puts it ahead of of a lot of other stuff for me i think that's um mm -hmm. you know like and i mean the acting too like the acting in the 94 one's great but uh sarah ronan and florence Pugh, like God, i mean yeah. you can cast the two of them in anything could you imagine if greta gerwig like if she follows up barbie with doing we with the two of them and margot robbie like like give let let her do charlie's me. angels with the three of them you know Oh uh, my! Are you God. reading my diary, Ron? Are you reading my like diary? Greta Ron? Gerwig, Charlie's Angel, with Saoirse Ronan, it's all I want. Lawrence Pugh and Margot Robbie. It's all I want. Yeah, or like an Ocean's movie with them and like you know some other people. And, yeah. and Chalamet Honestly, is just the voice of Charlie, but you just never see him. You just know it's his <laughs> voice. Sha Chalamet is Bosley. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Come Bob Odenkirk is the voice Charlie's of Angels movie. of Charlie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would kill for a Greta Gerwig Charlie's Angels movie. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, all right, we're ready to get out of here. We've been here for a hot minute. This yeah. has been. Good. Can we also call it Ismail um, for having Ladybird at two and a half stars? <laughs> I'll, we're having dinner tomorrow night. I'll get to the yeah, bottom of it hell? and get back to you. Ron, Ron please get next. I'll, I'll have him send in a voicemail for next episode and explain himself. <laughs> I know uh, Gooty's right, from ready? Sacramento too, so I'm sure that he's gonna say something about it. <laughs> oh, Gooty's kind of love it. This movie is like the two main characters are Lady Bird and the city of Sacramento. Right? Light the beam, baby. Guys. Light the beam. God, I love it. The beam is the best thing to happen in basketball since Luka Doncic was drafted. <laughs> um, all right, we're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Ron. Ron, thank you not only for being on this episode, uh, but for everything you do in the Discord. Com- like spi- compiling our stats is not an easy task, and uh, I hope it's one that you know that we appreciate greatly because we would have never done it. But I think it adds uh, a, a whole lot to our community. So thank you for doing that. That's oh, it's my pleasure, deal. guys. My pleasure. Uh, make sure you listen to the Real Latinos podcast. It's a blast. The three of them are so fun, such great chemistry, such interesting, insightful conversation about movies that you're just not going to get here in the rankings. So make sure you're listening to the Real Latinos podcast. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget that double K in the middle. Uh, join our Discord. It's free. Join our Patreon. It's not. You can find the link to those on our social media bios and our show notes. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then. Until then.